Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. As always, I will be joined by my co-host, Ben. Evan is off today. Happy anniversary to you and the wife. I do want to start the show by just saying once again, RIP to the legend, Kevin Conroy. I hadn't heard that clip at the top of the show in quite a while. And man, what an icon, what a loss to the community. I also want to shout out our season three sponsor, the Nando Knight TNK Comics. You can follow him on shortboxed.com slash TNK Comics or on Instagram at the Nando Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. Today, we are celebrating the return of the OG Michael Keaton. This is The Flash. We're back, kind of. Who's we? It's another Ben and I review a new movie episode, and Evan is in Hawaii living his life. I mean, if I had to pick between that or this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday, wife and I went on a trip to a Thrice show. Got this cool like VIP like pre-show performance and meet and greet thing, and I was so excited. And I mean, we, we both were, but I, I said to her, "Would you rather be on this trip or Evan's trip?" And she's like, "I mean, Hawaii, no question." But this is great, and I'm like, "Really? <laughs> Give it like 15 years, and thrice we'll play Hawaii shows. That'll be like an all-inclusive <laughs> thrice cruise around the Big Island or something." Isn't there like a punk? cruise ship happening this summer or something they're old enough now where i'm sure i think that's a thing anyway we are doing the flash brand new 2023 directed by andy machete written by christina hodson of birds of prey and the canceled batgirl movie which i would love to know how she feels right now if she's able to celebrate this or if she feels like well, you know, two out of three ain't bad, you know. <laughs> and then story by, according to IMDb, is Joby Harold. Though when I was in the theater, I remember seeing like, what's the dude who was the new kid in waiting, and then he went to become a director. Is like John Francis something or whatever. Like I swear to God, I saw that oh, guy's the guy name. who was from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah, I swear. Uh, I don't know his name, but... I swear I saw his name, that there were three people with the story by. They were in a diner, and he was like, what if? There's like the Flash, (laughs) but other Flash. Okay, hear me out. But yeah, on IMDb, it doesn't have all those other people, so maybe I saw it wrong. I was paying attention to everything going on behind the credits, for the most part. (laughs) Starring Ezra Miller, Ben Affleck, Sasha Kaye, the incredible... Michael Shannon, an American treasure, and Michael Keaton. I do want to shout out, let me pull this up on my phone real quick, because they replaced Billy Crudup as his dad with Ron Livingston from Office Space. weird, because it was like Ron Livingston doing a Billy Crudup impression. I mean, I thought he was pretty natural, actually, but... Ron Livingston's a great actor, but he was... He doesn't sound like that in real life. He's like doing (laughs) whatever that weird kind of way Billy Crudup kind of talks like this, at least in that movie. Just strange. I thought that he did a good job. What I thought was weird is that this movie was like delayed many times, right? You know, this is a. I saw someone today being like, man, I'm kind of getting tired of the multiverse movies. I'm like, yeah, this was supposed to be the first one, but you took so fucking long, you know. But 
because the movie got delayed so many times and Billy couldn't reprise his role due to scheduling, I mean, the guy's in 5 10% of the movie. You really couldn't put those scenes off? Yeah, and I don't know how much, I mean... <laughs> I don't like recasting in general. I didn't have a problem in this movie as a standalone, but like in the whole thing. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't like it either. It's weird when other people stay the same because then it just it makes it feel even less connected. Even yeah. though this movie has a threat of like, oh, but now this guy is that. That yes. didn't, that's, was not intentional for the sake of the story. Well, yeah, because everything else is like, and now we fucked with the multiverse. And like, well, you didn't fuck with the multiverse for your dad and your dad's different. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, right. We had um, Kiersey Clemens as Iris West. Oh, here we go. Nora Allen was played by Maribel Verdu. She was just radiant and beautiful, and I love her. Yeah, she. I don't. I can't remember what else she's been in, but I her know performance I've was seen her fantastic. in other things. Um, Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, is what that's, it that's says. at least one of them. But yeah, she was just uh, so maybe she's Spanish, not Italian. <laughs> yeah, she was just perfect. I did think that was funny. I was like, huh, Spanish-speaking household upbringing of this very white actor. Ezra Miller he did looks a, like he did him. a moment of Spanish, <laughs> you know. Uh, and as the, an adult, they. That's a, as much as I don't like them. They is the preferred pronoun at this point. I think. Y- yeah. Just say Barry. Just Barry. I, Barry it, or Ezra. Yeah. When it comes to folks who use those uh, terms, just the incredibly fucking deep to my bones retardation that I have here. That's true. I can see it from here. I can't do it. Just um, try and, yeah, that's fine. I'm just, I, I have people, I will I have keep people in my life who I don't even say care. that, but I, I can't, I can't. I'm just going to point it out because that's another um, thing I can poke you on. That's all. That's fine. You can make me look like a bad person. Hey, be who you want to be. Uh, we're all part of the same team here, the, but like fucking, I, I can't say as, the thing. The way I think about it, because Ezra Miller seems kind of like a piece of shit. Maybe they'll grow, maybe they'll change. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The way I think about it, as I, a, I might say they're referring to both Barry's, though. Well, you can say Barry because Barry <laughs> Allen is a he, so that's. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, growing up as a fat kid, it yeah. would be like if someone was a piece of shit and they were also fat. And then, like, the answer to them was like, whatever, you fat loser. <laughs> and then, like, you're over here and you're fat and you're not a piece of shit. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's where the. D- you're like, did you have to attack that part? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I. Anyway. <laughs> Composed by Benjamin Wallfish is usually the last part that we put before um, you know we stop reading a list of names. I thought that he did a good job. We heard some Elfman homages at times, but he would do it differently. The music wasn't like the forefront of the film in the way that most new comic book movies it isn't, you know, because it's kind of we've heard it all at this point, but. I'd say it was above average. Yeah, you know, I, it was engrossing. In- I thought it was good. It was like par for the course, which is incredibly high quality, expensive movie music, but nothing like other than the Danny Elfman things like you're talking about. Nothing not iconic, out. but good. Yeah. Very and it, good. It had some of the stuff which I give James Gunn a pass for it because it's his. He has his own version of it that has now become his thing, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like a Quentin Tarantino ripoff of using pop songs, and this felt like a ripoff of his thing at times when they used pop music. I thought they very tastefully did that because it only happens twice in the movie if you exclude the closing credits or if you exclude like, you know, his mom singing in the kitchen, which is just, you know, part of the, the memory. But I genuinely liked that when they have the uh, the fight scene 
at the end. That's what I didn't like. Where's my fucking... Because when that happens... I had these notes in a different spot. Uh, Oh, right, right. They used Chicago at uh, Wayne Manor, which I thought was cool. When they used it when he's uh, getting coffee, too. That was in the beginning? I believe so, yeah. Interesting. But then they used the uh, Jack White or one of his many projects in the desert fight. And I, I was fucking like... To sound like an old guy, I was fucking jazzed, man. I was fucking jazzed. You were on the chain. You were up the chain. Yeah, dude. I I didn't because if we're going to compare it to what, again, it seems like sort of ripping off to me is the James Gunn thing, where when you have like the Guardians of the Galaxy all come together and have like a a scene where they're fighting all the goons and it's not the big climactic fight and they're doing that and you have a cool pop song playing, whatever, that's fun. You can't do that when you're fighting what at this point is seemingly the main villain i i disagree think of uh immigrant song in ragnarok so that was a very good use of it what and one of the movie is that the big fight at the end on the bridge with hella and the big wolf motherfucker and shit and like they're trying to evacuate the whole city of asgard and shit like yeah like, i mean I, I feel like it sort of applies that was a movie too. that relies on the score but then in that moment you bring on the dun 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 it's fucking badass. I, I don't think you can necessarily be like anyone who uses a song from pop culture is like, that's fucking James Gunn, you know? <laughs> no, no, but I mean, but it's in that scene, that's where I, I say it's like James Gunn because I felt like it was used to, used in the way he would use it. Sure. When it shouldn't have been in that scene. Mm. When we go a little further and find out that that's not even like the main bad guy or whatever, I sort of forgives that a little bit, but... It's, it's. I'm the main bad guy. You are the main bad guy. That's what this is all about. Because of the pronouns. That's why. Yeah. I'm, I'm the true villain of this story. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to cancel you. Fuck. With this baseball bat. Oh. oh. <laughs> no. Violence is bad, guys. No, but I, I didn't like it. The Chicago <laughs> thing was okay, but it just, as soon as I hear pop music See, in a movie. What I liked is that they walk in and there's a record spinning out while he's, you know, cooking and it's just sort of ambient music, right? And then. Once they're down there, it sort of stops. Mm-hmm. And then it kicks on at not like a filtered distant volume, but it, it kicks back on into the song at like full volume when the fight scene emerges. And I, I just like how it was used. But that's when I feel like a pop song is more appropriate, when it's just a fun fight or to demonstrate the toughness of the heroes, not a fight that's supposed to matter. It's like, oh man, are they gonna sure. kill Hitler or not? And then like <laughs> a ripping guitar solo comes in and as he smashes the soft spot in baby Hitler's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of babies, can't stand it. You know I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, that is a good segue. Babies in peril to uh, begin the plot here. The first thing in the movie is already exciting to me, and that is the title cards. They go through every incarnation of the DC logo, and then they go through every incarnation of the WB logo. That was fun. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what we're in for. I like that they got rid of the same old, same old, you know, animated Justice League intro where they obscured all the faces because everyone's replaceable. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, (laughs) I'm going to be reading a little bit from a synopsis that somebody else wrote since I wasn't able to. Yes. And on the first day. (laughs) Harold beget Harold. I wasn't able to take notes in the theater. When did you see it? Yesterday? Oh, I haven't seen this movie. Okay. Got it. I watched like those condensed 30 minute uh, YouTube reviews. Yeah. To tell me what to be mad about. Yes, definitely. Why? This is why I don't like this movie. Thank you, review. 
And then they cast a black person <laughs> as, oh, no. I saw it on Thursday. Oh, okay. At 10 p.m. at night. Yeah, I saw it Thursday, Friday, and two weeks ago at that Portland early screening thing. The funny thing is that it was like, yeah, this is the work in progress cut that they screened in April at a film industry convention thing. And, and so it's got some unfinished CGI, and then the ending is just going to cut Crazy, off that's abruptly. That's the version I saw, too. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to cut off abruptly. I'm like, all right, cool. And um, so when I watched it, I was like, you know, that looks kind of goofy. Oh, right, it's not finished. That makes sense, you know. And you get to the end, and sure enough, it just does cut off immediately. And you're like, all right, man, well, I'm excited to see the fresh version, right? And then you go see the theatrical version, and it's like, oh, this is exactly the same until the last 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, wow, they just, okay, they went with it. All right. So in the beginning, Barry is uh, trying to order a sandwich that the lady normally has ready for him. It's his usual. He's upset with this guy who's asking a lot of probing questions about a sandwich. He's taking forever and Barry's running late. And then he gets a call from Alfred. We get Jeremy Irons, first cameo in the film. Superman's busy. Wonder Woman's busy. Fucking. He says a line like, uh, you were my first call. Yeah, he's like, like how I'm many first, first calls yeah. did you have before you thought of me? And there's a terrorist attack. Bruce says something about there's a... Uh, Affleck's Bruce, this might be confusing, I guess, says something about uh, Falcone's kid trying to take this deadly virus or whatever the fuck, you know. It's very generic superhero bullshit. Which um, has that vibe of like, let's say these things because the like, fan people will be happy with us. Though. Yeah, there's an Easter egg, guys. Oh, Falcone, I remember him yeah, from that yeah. other stuff. But kind of nothing in this scene matters except for to establish, like, remember, guys, this is Batman in this universe. They know each other, yeah, right. And this is what makes the Flash special. Watch, yes. Look at, look at the way he solves this problem. Yes, he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And while he's waiting for that guy to make his fucking sandwich, he zips out into the street. And I love his. He takes his stance, his running stance, and his little visors come down in his uh, eye holes there in his new mask. And uh, which I didn't love the look of the the plasticky bright red suit and then I saw it on the screen I'm like fuck yeah this rules cool well and then you're gonna say and then the flash logo comes down and then gets the interrupted the flash logo yeah the title card comes down over the screen halfway and then you see that clip from the trailer those teenage girls go, oh my god flash <laughs> and a good joke where he's low on energy he didn't get his fucking high protein sandwich that he's waiting for he and he's a, gotta run off and do this a thing a Fitbit or an Apple Watch to tell he's got a calorie counter on his uh, suit and, and he's like, are you actively eating that candy bar? Can you throw it to me? And then Alfred's like, I'll patch you through to Mr. Wayne. And then Batman's on the line. And so he turns his head, and the girl throws a thing and hits him right in the head, which is great because, you know, obviously the Flash could stop it if he saw it coming, but he didn't see it coming. And then he's like, all right, fine, I'll fucking be there. And then we get the proper, like, hunker down to run. Which is cute, flash. but it defeats the purpose of being a really fast guy if you have to stop and pose. Yeah... I mean, I think, but because he did, he stopped doing that later on in the movie. It just became a. Like he a, can. Uh, it's not a requirement. You don't have to stop and pose. It's just for a hey, look at this. Yeah, I think part of it is because Snyder always had him do these really elaborate, weird body language, which they kind of make fun of a later Whedon in the movie, which I love. Fall on Wonder Woman. Yeah, right in the tits. Do it. But I think that there's sort of like. To what degree is he about to use his powers? Because in this case, he has to go really fucking far away in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, all right, let's fucking barrel down and do it. But if he's just going to like 
oh, I got to zip over and grab that fucking falling cat from a tree. I can just... Bzz, bzz, yeah, you know? but it just seems weird because you could go fast and then when you're in the fast mode, use that time to then go really fast. Sure. That yeah. would take less time than sitting there and posing. Well, I'm just trying. I always <laughs> give these people the benefit of the doubt. You're not supposed to think this hard about it. What I will say is the first running he's doing right here, and we see him covering all this terrain and going over bodies of water and shit, which, by the way, with all the sparks flying and the lightning and shit, that would cause some problems. Car accidents and deaths. <laughs> uh, no, I mean on a body of water. Oh. But I'm already like, okay, they got rid of all of his goofiness in the way that he runs. I think Sort of, because they make it a joke at its expense later. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah the we'll get pose. there. But like, <laughs> they make it look much better. And I, I want to clarify that we mentioned VFX and like I watched this the third time on Friday and then I went home and watched BVS and it is insane how much better looking BVS is compared to this movie oh, yeah. in terms of special effects. And so yes. I don't mean that. I just mean in... Style choices. Yes. Yeah. Because I always thought his running was super goofy. And, yeah, he makes it to this fucking place. Alfred's giving him the play-by-play, you know, and he's like, this hospital's about to collapse, and he's like, dude, the fucking, it's fine, you know? I'm already, at this point, annoyed with him. Yeah. This character is okay when he's not the main character. It's not Ezra Miller's fault, despite, like, whoever they are as a person. Just that, like, the way they chose to write this character is obnoxious. And I wish they also address later. <laughs> and they make it worse when you meet the really obnoxious <laughs> version of it. So it's like... You know, I forgot to do the uh, initial thoughts portion of the show. And, uh, <laughs> to I get think a I'm feel gonna, of my... Uh, I'm going to figure it out yeah. as we go, I think. Um, <laughs> I loved it. There's no problem with this movie. I've been waiting my whole life, and it definitely wasn't just a great excuse to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Apparently that was the selling point for the happy couple behind the scenes that made this movie, the director and his producer wife. Getting to see Michael um, Keaton again. Was, I think, when they realized that they could do that, they were like, you know, we should really fucking do this movie. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's at the hospital. Barry's like, okay, where the fuck is Batman? Are you, like, you know, that's when we have the little thing. He's chasing the Falcone folks uh, through the city. He dumps out of a fucking, uh, that big Batwing carrier thing. In a motorcycle, it's the first time we see Affleck on a motorcycle. A cool little action scene through the streets. Yeah. Feels a little bit Amazing Spider-Man 2. In the beginning of that movie, he's trying to stop these um, uh, like chemicals or whatever they've stolen from hitting the ground. You know, and he's like... Trying to... Yeah, 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 exactly. And there's the fucking rhino thing, but like... Uh, the scene wasn't really um, in that movie. It didn't have a lot of intention other than to be like, um, hey guys, it's fucking Spider Man. That's what he's up to. Yeah, exactly. Been a while. He's still at it, you know. And in this one, Bruce is off doing that shit. And then what I do like in a superhero setting we've talked about is not a fight, but a rescue mission. Mm -hmm. And so Flash is the perfect candidate for a rescue mission. This scene is a little bit like Quicksilver in Days of Future Past saving everybody for, or it might have been Apocalypse, one it's, of those, where he saves everybody from the mansion as I it's exploding. I think it's Days of Future Past, I think. Because um, that was his first movie. I, th I want to say it was in his second movie that he did that. Maybe in the first one is when um, he fights that guy's in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah the kitchen one mm -hmm. was the first one. So, But it's sort of like that. It's a rescue scene, 
except um, as the building is collapsing, it's like the nursery ward, whatever you call it, in a hospital. I don't have kids. <laughs> and so all these babies are falling out the window with all this debris, and we get these little close-ups of each baby, and there's like all the scalpels pointed at one baby, and then there's the fucking open container of acid splashing what? at one of them. And I started laughing at first because I was like, this CG is really bad. These babies look terrible. And then... Once that stuff started happening, I'm like, okay, this is a funny scene. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Like, you're, now you're having me think about babies getting stabbed by scalpels and hit, hit yeah. with acid. And, and there's another things. one that was like, there weren't, there weren't like sharp objects or anything like flying at it, but he was like between like a bookcase and a fucking, just go back to get sandwiched between two yeah. horrible things. And so like scissors um, flying. Or, we yeah. see Flash run up, climbing on all the debris at super speed, right? And um, he goes, like they show a baby that's in his sights and he runs to it and past it and reaches into the vending machine and starts eating all this shit. Because he got another low blood sugar warning. Yeah, yeah. And I really love that joke. Then he starts like, he throws the bedpan that'll catch the acid and he takes a bite of a frozen burrito and then throws it and it knocks the fucking scalpels out of the way. The other one, you know, and he kind of um, plays this little chess game that... uh, diffuses all of the threats. Which is neat because they established a little later that he can't just grab people because they will disintegrate if he runs with them. Yeah. But he, uh, the rules don't apply to objects, so he can he has to like puzzle game it. Like, okay, I can, can't touch the baby, but I can touch this thing and I can touch that thing. Yeah, and, and there's a part where he'll just like, boop, like he'll maybe like tap just the slightest bit or like pull the clothing just the slightest bit, you know, or something like change that. Change momentum um, just a little bit. E- exactly, but not actually move him. And then he takes... Uh, and then that's a great shot. Like after like the fourth baby, then it cuts to like a therapy dog with his fucking like tongue hanging out, like looking falling. at him. Yeah. yeah, and um, and then he takes a stretcher and runs to the ground, and he he catches each baby in a line on the stretcher. Oh yeah, those. Okay, so I've seen a couple people complain about this, but this cosplayer I followed for a long time. She's from Florida. It's relevant to what I'm about to say. Okay. She posted that she walked out of this movie in the first 10 minutes because... Nobody had an abortion. Because putting a baby in a microwave is not funny. <laughs> and as a mother, I cannot condone this. And with these Hollywood people drinking the baby's blood and all this, and I was like, whoa, you are full-on QAnon. I had no idea. And so... To be fair, people who, as one of them who does it, who live their lives in fantasy worlds... Yes. ...are prone to living their life in a fantasy world, so... Yeah. Anyway, she went full-on adrenochrome, and I went, <laughs> okay, this is un- uh, unfollow. I'm sorry. It's been nice. Well, because that's like the slippery slope. That's how they get you accustomed to the idea of putting babies in microwaves, and then before you know it, <laughs> you're sucking the adrenaline out, too. You're yeah. living forever. I know. I mean, and they do it to keep... Young, and I know that Hillary was one of the main people because she looks so young. Oh, yeah. She doesn't look a day over 80. 80? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he, yeah, he does catch a baby in a microwave and closes the door. And then as they're all landing on the stretcher, he catches a microwave and it dings and opens up and takes the baby out. And clearly the microwave is not plugged in to anything. It's just dinging because it fucking landed you know because it makes the joke yeah yeah whatever and (laughs) i i laughed very hard at this whole scene start to finish and uh we are going to be here for six days if we go through every scene (laughs) with this much detail (laughs) and everyone got upset i thought that was funny and that was a good start and that's set a uh, unique tone for this movie yes and i i was 
on board, and then we cut back to Batman. He's on a bridge. Again, kind of a Spider-Man scene. You know, he takes out the guys inside their car, I guess like uh, Deadpool, first Deadpool, and the guy, when one guy looks at him, he's driving, and just sees Batman and jumps out. Yeah. And then uh, he catches the one guy who has like the, the briefcase handcuffed to him. That's with the, the Falcone. Falcone. Yeah, that's, that's got the, the fucking virus that's that's got the wuhan virus in it you know and um ice nine for people who read books so he gets that guy books and um <laughs> it's like a comic without pictures weird not blank just all words. oh so it just says lettered by there's yeah. no <laughs> yeah there's exactly. no okay interesting <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um yeah he catches this guy going off the ledge with the car right so they're falling off the bridge catches it and then the the things are dangling in peril like if that gets into the water supply and alfred's being like the fucking uh the guy <laughs> from batman begins you know it's right under the water mains. uh he, he catches the guy but he's slipping and then we get uh from off screen the lasso of hastia fucking wraps around their their wrist and oh man the way we were out of sync there was beautiful it's amazing we're musicians in a band together um, i was on <laughs> i started <laughs> um but uh wonder woman cameo fantastic did i mention their spoilers guys we're spoiling everything we always do if you cared about this movie and you're a person who listens to this podcast you have already watched the movie so either you don't care about this movie and you want our view on it or you don't care about this podcast and you're not listening to it. So, I don't think I, you can't talk to people who aren't listening to the show. That's could, just weird. I can talk to whoever I want. <laughs> so I'm going to blame Tom from the Bat Force for this. That's unlike you to blame someone else. Yeah. Tom, we talked about this movie, I think after my second viewing. He loved certain things about it, but he was like, I give it a 7 out of 10. And I said, did you take off three points for Batflex suit? Because <laughs> that's a major downgrade. And Wouldn't it look so bad if it wasn't in broad daylight? Uh, he's like, no, man, this is clearly Justice League universe. This is not the Snyderverse. And when I saw it the third time, I like couldn't get that out of my head. I'm like, oh, you're right. Because they replayed the lasso gag where Aquaman was like, and you're just fucking beautiful. Man, we're all going to die. And like that whole thing. And I'm like, you're right, they did, because Bruce Wayne, or, or Batman actually is like, I mean, if I really wanted to solve these problems, I'd just give all my money away. If I, if I wanted to end crime, i got to yeah. end poverty. You know, and that whole but Before they even revealed that thing. the lasso was on him, and he said that like, well, my ego is too big to uh, thank anyone or admit that anyone else helped me. Right. And you're I like, was like, Sam. I, I, let, I did think of you. I let it slide when I saw that the lasso was there. But I was like, but... Even if that's true, Batman doesn't think that. He's not like lying about that. He's not like, I can't admit that they helped me. Right. But this version of him apparently is. I'm like, that's weird. Same yeah. thing with the, that, that he thinks it's a joke, I know. But that he, apparently, this Batman honestly thinks, if I really cared, I would give all my yeah, money. Like he's away. too stubborn to stop his quest. So you don't take the character, an important character in its movie, seriously. Yes. That's a sign right there. Not just that, but like a character who's one of the main selling points for the movie. Yeah, this isn't Lego Batman where like you can yeah. you can say like, well, that's part of the fun. Yeah, and I think that Affleck is at his best. When he's Bruce Wayne. Well. In this uh, movie, I mean. Okay, but as Batman in the cowl is best when he's that like ruthless, intense Batman. I sort of chuckled at that gag the first time. And then each time I saw it, I was sort of like, man, this is just... 
out of character. And it was like the reshoots that Joss Whedon did for Justice League. That's like, God, he is not. Is this a credit card commercial? And go, what are we watching? Wow. He is tall. You know, like that's just not like Ben Affleck's funny. He does a lot of comedies. That's where I first discovered him was mm -hmm. the asshole from the fashionable mail in 1995. <laughs> but like, that's not his Batman. It's weird to see him do that. And, no, you don't understand. This is also, this isn't the one we know. This is a slightly <laughs> different multiverse that's playing on the characters we know, but it's, you're wrong, unfortunately. This is actually a good segue because if that's a question, right? They've said before, okay, we're going to release the Snyder Cut, but this isn't actually canon. We're not going to pretend that this is the real thing, right? And they continued promoting the old one after that came out. This movie acknowledges both of them, which is very strange. The next scene, he's late to work. He, you know, he's a forensic scientist or you know whatever the fuck he does. And we meet these and, annoying and, coworkers yeah. just so that we can meet them again later. Those, oh, they're different. Yeah, those coworkers should Biff not. Biff is not. the mayor of the city yeah. now. <laughs> they should not okay. be in the beginning of the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's one of the worst scenes in the whole movie. But we do meet Iris West, and Iris West was not in the theatrical Justice League. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but she's like, I swear. I have seen you again since college, right? Like, we ran into each other one time, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, because there was that whole scene with the hot dogs uh -huh. and the car crash, and, like, he saved her. So that was acknowledged clear as day, but then there's a scene shortly after this with Affleck um, where Barry's talking about, well, if I could turn back time, you know, and they're acting like that has never happened before, when that was the whole climax of Snyder's Justice League. No, but they, they do say like, because they have a conversation in that same conversation where he says... They use a weird word that I didn't understand any of my viewings. <laughs> Did you catch it? You want to tell me the word? No, I don't know. Don't that's what they're saying. He's like, well, in the... Blah, 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 he's like, yeah, but that was just for a split second. That's what I mean, because they were saying he's acknowledging that he did go back in time, but okay. it was only for a moment. Then he's saying, but if you went back really far, you'd mess everything up, so don't do that. That's what that that's okay. That is what he said. I was guessing that that was more about the BVS thing, where no. he pokes his head through and there's a premonition. No, he's talking about specifically that like you saved us last time by going back in time just a little bit. Okay, well, it's, even it, if it does acknowledge that, then it does negate what happened in BVS, which is unquestionably part of this canon. So that's fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird, and it's uh, it's the problem when you do time travel stories. On the one end, you take time travel very seriously and you establish rules and you follow them and you get a movie like Primer, which is like an interesting movie, but really weird and hard to follow. Yeah. Not just because it's about time travel, but because of choices about the way it's made and it's like intentionally obtuse to be like, you're just dumb, you don't get it. It's a cool <laughs> movie, I recommend it. But it's like, that's what happens when you set rules about time travel and stick to them. Yeah. And then on the other end, you get a movie like this where like, there aren't rules, they act like there are, but it's just kind of like, don't change this, but you... You can change this. What I and, like uh, about it is that they they treat it closer to Endgame. Endgame is like, look, you've seen all these movies and they say this, but actually it's blah, 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 which allows them to like, okay, but we're going to do it a little different than you've seen. Yeah, there is you that. Know? of like They sort of say like it will be different, but I... I <laughs> Just so I, we're not seeing the exact same thing. The well, exact I appreciate the comparison because to me it felt like trying to capitalize on that, that people are familiar with what happened in Endgame without doing any of that. Because the whole gimmick of Endgame is they create alternate universes and they go to them, but as long as they, when they solve their problem on their place, mm -hmm. go back to the exact moment they changed it and mm -hmm. unchange it, it's fine. We're like, this movie is not that. This movie is, sure. you could just go do whatever and more spaghetti, but like there's 
parts where the spaghetti meets, and those are always going to be the same. And if anyone hasn't seen this yet, and they're just like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I'm having a stroke, guys. <laughs> but you know, the idea like you can't change this, but some things you can. And unfortunately, one of the things you can't change is this. But apparently, this other stuff doesn't matter. It's not. There are no rules, and they act like there are. Yeah. And it, unfortunately, for a movie that's about a story, that kind of muddies it. I don't know. I I guess I like having a little more freedom to fuck shit up in in a story like this. Um, I'll give it credit because there's a there's a moment near the end which I'll bring up when we get there, where it won me back a little bit mm -hmm. because leading up to it, they were it felt like they were trying to get me to care in a way that all that stuff I just complained about prevents me from caring about it. Yeah, it's like when every universe exists and everybody's alive here and dead there and whatever. It's like I know it doesn't no longer matters to me. Yeah. I don't have any tension about it. It could still be kind of fun to watch, but I'm not worried. I don't care. Yeah. So we're in the first seven seventh minute of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, he he calls his dad on the phone. He now meets, he's at home. He meets Iris, you know, they have that fucking thing. And then like has her over to his apartment. Like, so is that why you got into this? Was to save your dad, you know, like to to fix it, you know? And she's like, that's kind of why I became a journalist, you know, like to try to try to do good and try to fix the system. I'm and almost he, hit by a mail truck. And, and uh, Ezra does this amazing thing where his eyes start darting back and forth. Barry's just like on a fucking whole other planet right now where she's talking to him. And he's just like, oh, my God, I can fix it. If I just went back to, to warn them. No, no. If I went back to and, – and, and he's trying to eat, like piece this together all of a sudden having this, this epiphany. And I, I love the performance in this scene, just trying to process this information and at a speed in which the Flash would process this uh -huh. information. And then just immediately walks out of the room like, this has been great. Nice to see you. Bye. And like leaves his own house. Love it. Goes to see Bruce. I could save my parents. I could save your parents. Oh my God. And we get Bruce doing what Bruce should do in the situation of like, you know, those scars made us who we are. You can't fuck with the fabric of time. But you, you, know? you can, if you could change time, you could stop every bad thing from happening because you have unlimited time to do it. Sure. It's a neat thing to say, but it doesn't fit with what happens in the movie. But I think that this... It's important that I'm Batman. I'm so it's. I'm glad my parents died. <laughs> well, you can just make it so they don't die. You can make it so everyone's parents. Nothing bad ever happens to anyone because you can time travel now. To me, it's just a very mature Bruce. Like, if we had met a younger Bruce, he might be like, "Fuck, oh my god, that's very exciting." But I, I think a post BVS Bruce that's sort of like, you know what? I found some acceptance in the, the message, way things have ended up, and I think it's on brand. The message in this scene, which ultimately becomes the message of the movie is true and is useful. You can't dwell on the past. You have to look forward. You can't let it consume you. But in a movie where you can change the past, <laughs> it is important. The movie arbitrarily sets rules about, no, you actually, you can't, but you can, which undermines the idea of accepting it. It's a mess. Story-wise, it's a mess. I get the idea, and it's a neat idea. And well, there's a nice message there. I guess we'll get there when you can actually say what it is. Is yeah. your gripe. There's a neon sign behind them that says Grayson's across the That's alley. Neat. Yeah. He talks to his dad on the phone. His dad's like, it's a long shot. My hearing tomorrow. I'm not going to get parole. Like, don't worry about it. And he's like, hey, you remember that song your mom used to sing or whatever? And we get this cool shot where it's kind of surreal. And I'm not 100% if this happened or if it's just in his memories. But he goes to the house that he grew up in because he's physically there outside. Mm -hmm. But then, like, we kind of go inside, and I think then we're in the memory. 
and then like his younger self runs by him and it kind of cuts back to reality it's a little bit of a mishmash yeah. of but it's an things. interesting way to do a flashback but it's very cool we go back and we we see happy home him and his mom and his dad and she's cooking and this whole thing about tomatoes oh i forgot and i need another can and you know sends the dad out to get them and this is very important in the film what i thought was weird after seeing it a bunch of times is it's a blue can of tomatoes she says yeah, yeah i have one i need a second one but says green not blue and he jokes blue not green and young Barry is like, no, Dad, it's blue, not green. But for the entire movie... Hi, Hungry, I'm Dad. Now and later, it's a blue can. Uh, it's because he forgot. I don't know. But that's what she already had, and it's what he got later. I don't know. It's because he idea. forgot, because he's a dad. He's okay. an absent-minded dad. He let I, his wife get murdered. He's we're recording this on dad. Father's Day, just so you guys know, so shout out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Which year? We watched this whole thing play out, and... You know, his dad leaves, goes to the store, and his mom's singing in the kitchen, dancing with him a little bit, and then he goes upstairs, hears his mom screaming, looks out the window, his dad's in the driveway, so he's letting the audience know there's no way his dad did it. Which I appreciate. Yes. Then they run down there, the mom is stabbed, call 911, oh my God, right? And then we're, we're as, as young Barry runs out of the house in tears, then the Flash is standing right there, you know, and the... The dad on the phone is like, you still there, bud? Like, what's going on? You know? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And uh, then the, the call ends. And, yeah, I really like all of the family stuff in this movie because, as I've complained about before, this end-of-the-world shit does not matter to me unless you can give me some personal stakes, some emotional investment. Yes, you can't just say the world's ending and expect an audience to feel it, not just because... We've seen so many movies where this has happened, but also we live lives where like bad stuff happens. It's not that, and that's enough to upset us. You can't just be like, oh man, the tidal wave, watch out. Now, in this moment of sort of reliving that, and then the call gets cut off from his dad, you know, like they have whatever the limits are of an inmate making a call. You know, you get the little pre-recorded like pre thing. Yeah, He like flips out and just emotionally like hauls ass down the street you know, flash explosion of speed. He starts going so fast that he's like in some kind of black void of space. And then we start to see this cool effect of like his hand and then his face like melting apart digitally. All the frames. Yeah. Rolling into one. I, I thought that was really neat. And then he keeps going and he stumbles into this like sphere that's around him. And then this like Coliseum sort of design of rings like each row of kind of seating would be like rings of time. sort of like zoetrope looking where it's like each each ring is the exact same thing and and um, subsequent rings are a different moment in time yes yes it's very cool i like the way that time is visualized in this movie in a very new way and this is the beginning of both my complaint but also it's not the beginning of your complaints let's be this real. is the continuation of my complaint <laughs> just one long complaint no that's the CG, again, looks bad. And it feels so weird to say that on something that, like, the most skilled people in the world, huge groups of them spent tons of time on and a huge amount of money was poured into having them do this. The biggest visual issues in this movie are in these scenes. They are in these scenes, but it's specifically because 
these scenes are full of people's faces. Yes. Completely generated renditions of humans, and they're bad. They all look like clay they and like like weird glossy images. Machete said, this is intentional. I told them I want that to look weird and fucked up. And I'm like, okay, except they look almost real. They're not like, you know, I, had, I saw someone say, well, if you blurred the faces and obscured it in a way or... Or, or do that then. Or even like we just said about him in that void and the way that he's... I, I can't even describe the way that they portrayed that was so cool. If you were to do something intentionally odd to them, then no one would be able to say like, oh, they did a bad job. Yeah, and, and so they look bad, but at the same time, it, it's a really cool idea. Visually, it's a cool yeah. scene that, like you said, like the you know, concentric rings going out looks neat. It looks really cool. It's just weirdly executed. Yeah. Jumping ahead every scene where it's a shot of the two flashes for wh- who knows why there are two flashes because you haven't said it yet. But <laughs> one of them, the face looks fucked up. Like we've been doing split screen in movies for decades and decades. To mess that up doesn't make any sense to me. Because it's like they had two yeah. actors and then they CG'd yeah. one face. and There's one split second shot in the whole movie where I will agree with you on that. Every time there's two of them, um, one of their faces And that's weird. when current Barry was about to punch young Barry. Um, that's the only time in the entire movie where I thought they didn't look good. Because I thought specifically for all the valid criticism of the VFX in this movie that like the entire movie is CG because... You know, Ezra's never in the room with himself, and I thought all of the scenes looked perfect to me. No, I thought they looked so bad. Next time on your fourth viewing of this film, <laughs> when there's a and it seems weird because it's like when you watch Avatar in 3D and you look at an object in the background, it'd be like it sounds like you're complaining. Well, like the background object's blurry because you're supposed to be looking at the foreground. Yeah, but this is not the same because you can't have a shot where both of them are like chest up, the same size, and one of them's maybe like half a foot in front but they're still about equal focus because mm-hmm. I can look at both of them at the same time and I do that and like, I get that I'm supposed to be looking at the, the future one who's talking, but I can look over to my left and he's right there, clear, and his face looks like some weird, deep fake, just odd thing and it kept happening over and over and over and weird. it was just like... Yeah, I never got that at all. We've been doing split screen since like the beginning of film. Like that's one of the earliest gimmicks you do. You cut the film in half and you glue another one next to it. Well, that I mean, that's one thing that impressed me about it is that they didn't act within the parameters of that. They're never like always three feet apart or something like that. You know, they're interacting and fighting and and all these things together in a way that, to my dumb ass, was very convincing. It bothered me every time. Anyway, so he's in this vortex of time or whatever, and is the speed bubble. Uh, it's the speed force and it's like the time bubble or the, the time the chrono bowl is what they call it chrono bowl. and so he's in this thing and he's he's running and he's going back through time and you're seeing you know the events of uh, Batman and Wonder Woman on the bridge and, and you're seeing <laughs> it's funny because I think it goes all the way back to um, when Bruce and Barry first meet and you hear Bruce say so you're fast you know when he throws the batarang at mm-hmm. his head and then it skips entirely everything in his life between that and when he was a child and his parents were still together, alive, whatever. And um, <laughs> Together, but, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But at a certain point, he like goes back, he sees his mom at the grocery store because it was acknowledged that, like, didn't you go to the store this morning? Like, yeah, I forgot the tomatoes. Right, so he goes, and she's never going to forget him. Therefore, she's never going to send his dad away, and nothing's going to happen. And so... But isn't that the moment where... 
evil Flashman. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's in, what I'm getting okay, to. Yeah. yeah, and so he goes to the store, and he, uh, like, time has practically stopped. We see droplets of water suspended in air from a mop, and he sees his mom for the first time in God knows how many years. You know, it's very emotional. He like sets the can, tomatoes gently in her cart, and says. Oh, I'll see you soon, Mom. Don't forget right. the tomatoes. Yep, exactly. It's a very nice little scene. Cuts back to the chrono bowl. He starts to see his life unfolding, and you see birthdays and graduations and all these little events. And his parents are there, and his mom is blowing the streamers, and and you know it like all of these milestones in his life now that they got to live together. And I, I really like that. And at the 18th birthday cake. See this freaky fucking thing pop out from one of the higher rows. And there's a moment of like, is this part of the ring or what is this? Yeah, because there's like a weird spark thing mm-hmm. and he kind of looks up there. And then, yeah, this big nasty monster fucking thing dives down, pounces on him and kicks him out. And where he lands is right where he started back in front of the house. But he goes inside and his parents are there. His mom's alive, his dad. They're both older. He's floored to be in this situation, and you know he's asking his mom, like, "How how was your day? How was your last eighteen years of your life? How have you been?" You know, it's a great scene, and of course, like every other scene where he uses his powers, he's then like devouring the food that she gives him, and then he hears a sound and looks outside, and there's another him, and so he's like, "Oh shit!" And his parents are like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "I I mean, I've got a shit right now. I got a shit," and flashes out and uh, catches himself and there's that shot you see in the trailer of like you you off my face you stole my you know whatever and they first see each other and Ben hates it and I love it this is where I'm like oh god I thought the other version of him was annoying and this guy is insufferable to me you cowards just give me a Michael Keaton Batman movie again (laughs) I feel like stupid garbage I feel like this is where the movie really starts because the first time I was very entertained the whole time you know in a room of people that waited for hours to get into this thing. We're all there for it. There right? were Flash cosplayers in front of me at nice. the movie theater. See, but on Thursday, it was like dead. It was maybe two-thirds full. Thursday and at 10 at Valley River, there was a guy in a reverse Flash suit, a guy in a nice. regular Flash suit, two others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not the case at Cinemark. It was pretty dead. People would kind of chuckle at stuff. Um, you know, it, at the other ones, it was like when people show up on screen for cameos, everyone's like, yeah! You know, not happening at this other one. And so I'm watching it in a totally different atmosphere. And <laughs> it is just like, the first act of this movie isn't as good as I remembered. It Part of it is like him late for work and all that bullshit that doesn't matter. And at this moment is when I'm like, oh, right. Now this is when the movie really starts. Everything else was kind of a prologue to this. I'm like, oh my God, this is another. I have to watch a 40-year-old man pretend to talk like a teenager with weird made-up slang and... This is beefing, man. It beeves. uh, It beeves. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. I criticize The Dark Knight Returns for the weird slang in that one. I love the weird slang in this one. I don't know how an actor could have this good a chemistry with themselves. Isaac Miller's a good actor. The things I don't like about this character is not a fault of his performance. But it's just fantastic. I really... Their performance, oh my God. I love the banter between these two. And very quickly in this scene, as they're hiding up in the bedroom... It's sort of like, oh my God, you never stop talking. Like, you are insufferable. Oh my God. I'm starting to see what people mean. Like, 
<laughs> this <laughs> amuses me. a whole movie about that guy, right? <laughs> because at this moment, you, you have a Barry who's survived some shit and who's had some tragedy in his life. And his role in the Justice League has been the sort of wisecracking Spider-Man young person. And in this situation, the stakes are deadly serious to him. And this other kid comes from a different world where he's had everything handed to him. He has no fucking clue what loss or struggle or anything really is. And so I love the idea of making this guy now have to be the responsible one. And it amuses me endlessly as it goes on of how dumb this other guy is that's way dumber than his previous version already was. Insufferable is the word because I no, I did love not, it so all much. the stupid antics. I was like, oh my God. I don't know if you appreciated this, the background dressing of the bedroom. You know, there's always like, oh, hey, look, there's a fucking was there a Miss Avenged Marvel Sevenfold poster or something. You know, that's cool. But in this one, there are posters for the previous Batman directors. There's Inception for Nolan and there's Mars Attacks of all things for Tim Burton. That's neat. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. That's pretty cool. I did see the Mars Attacks uh, poster, but I didn't yeah, remember like, that he was the director. That's a wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a big fan of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I watched it again last year on like Halloween and I'm like, man, this does not hold up. <laughs> it's bizarre. And so here he's like sort of explaining what happened to his younger self without being able to tell him, like, oh, yeah, but your fucking, your mom got murdered, your dad's in prison. Like, I, you know, he's trying not to meddle, but he's, they're talking to each other. They're in a room. He's like, this is bad. And then he realizes, oh, shit, what day is it? Oh, my God, this is the day that I got my powers. Like, if you don't go there, then maybe I don't exist. I, you know, mm-hmm. and so they, they go down there. Which it wouldn't happen because that's not the way the rules of this movie work. Yeah, which I appreciated at the time that was like, I think that's a reasonable fear in completely uncharted territory, but that I don't think that that would happen. You already um, changed everything everywhere, and you still exist. Yeah. Like, so he goes to the crime lab where he works. There are two There's of a you. Funny gag. Like, where was the first moment we saw Barry phasing? Because he does it by himself first. It was when Iris came over and he's like, you want anything to drink? And she goes, oh, can I have a beer? That's right. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he opens the fridge and there's nothing but rotten broccoli. And, you know, he like steps next to the fridge and phases through the wall to go get it. That moment was fun because they don't explain it. It's just like yeah. you, you can use your imagination. How could a fast guy do that? And you yeah. can kind of fill it in. He comes back and hands her the drinks and she's like talking in all seriousness. And, you know, he opens the shaken up beer in his face. And I just like the classic comedy moment. That was like a 90s bit. It was um, funny. That amused me. But then they undermine it later, and this is another thing why I don't like where this movie goes with this aspect of now Flash learning his powers because it felt like it was supposed to be his origin movie because he never got one. It, just in the sense of like you learn his whole backstory, you see his backstory, you watch the Wayne parents get murdered, yeah, you sure. see him make all these mistakes with his new powers and this and that, and it's like, I don't give a shit. I already know who the Flash is. I already watched like a movie with him. I watched two versions of that movie <laughs> yeah. with him. Read, that, dude, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Uh, it's like, man, Affleck has been in. Oh wait, technically this is the third one. That's, it seems like way more after yeah, all these years. Seems like a ton. You know. So I know this guy. I know what he can do. Even if I had didn't read comic books, these other movies exist where I've seen him. So like, sure. Let that just be. And Flash was already pretty proficient with his powers when we found him. Yeah, he knew what to do. And if you know, it's. He's not a hard character to understand. Sure. <laughs> he goes fast. That's his whole thing. Yeah. So to make me watch like a weird half origin story of him in the middle of this movie that has a more interesting story than that, 
And also, he's played by a more annoying version of himself. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm not enjoying this. Well, I enjoy the reason that they recreate the origin moment here, and that is that he sets him up in the lab. Okay, we got to open this window, and uh, we set you up right here. So the lightning, he's like, wait, 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 wait. you want to fucking hit me with lightning? What the fuck? You know, no, no, so I don't want to hit you with happening. lightning. I want to hit the chemicals with yeah, lightning. Yeah, and you'll be bathed in them. <laughs> like, no, no, no. And, that is a funny joke. Um, when I first saw it, I was like, Okay, and then as he's trying to hold him, like, you know, snap out of it, damn it, you know. As he's trying to hold him still and keep him in that chair, the lightning strikes, and it hits the chemicals, and then it hits present-day Barry, which I, I don't know what else to call him. Old Barry, young uh, Barry. If we're going to use you know. comic book terms, uh, Barry Prime. Barry Prime, yeah. all right. And so hits Barry Prime and goes through him and hits young Barry. Is there a special name for that? Young Barry or Barry, yeah. Okay. Regular Amazon Barry. Yes, correct. Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, when I first saw that, I was like, well, why didn't he move out of the way? But I think it's sufficient enough that he's distracted by trying to fucking hold dude in his chair. It's just, it, was, um, it felt contrived to me. It is. And like, so Be- now- because they were like, okay, how do we take away his powers and make him dependent on this other guy? And it wouldn't have bothered me as much if it's just you get to see young Barry learn how to use his powers and Barry Prime still has his powers, but it's a contrivance not just to get that, but also to take away the powers from the guy who knows how to use them. I think that was more so the point, yeah. And I, that's, a, that's obnoxious. I, I like it. I, I'm so amused by this. What I forgot to mention... What about it's Batman, but then like he gets hit on the head, and now he's just like a big guy working on a train track. <laughs> and like, so it's no you, Batman you stuff. You hate that episode so much. <laughs> Only because um, it's... I'm here to watch Batman, not this thing. Okay, so uh, we got on a on a tangent, but it's what Superman. we're talking about—he has no cape. I don't want him doing the gay cape shit. And he's going to fight a big spider. You know what I mean? We're talking about phasing that derailed us for a moment. So when they first get to the lab, he scoops up young Barry in his arms. And we see them both phase through the wall. And again, young Barry has no fucking idea what's happening. And just like, and we see his eyeball touch the door and then it zooms in on all the molecules. We see them like pass through each other, you know, really interesting. And then, yeah, we see him recreate the moment. And great for people on a rewatch. This is one of the scenes that really stood out to me when they end up on the other side of the door and they're both standing up. A great example of one of them looks like a horrible monstrosity. Okay. Right after that moment, if anyone goes and sees this again. Okay watches it later that's a great oh i will yeah i i can see it in my head right now (laughs) okay fine and i do not have the eagle eye that you have for these things i guess but half the people in this life in real life that we're in are lizards you don't even see it i see the things you don't see and here we were talking bad about adrenochrome lady but (laughs) the scene right after the uh the lightning is great because this is where we realize that Barry Prime has lost his powers when he scoops up young Barry and they go to phase into the wall and they just walk into the wall and he falls on his back. Young Barry falls like over his fucking face. Like it's a, it's a really good slapstick beat and he like gets in his running position and then the music cue happens and the zoom in on his face all serious. And then he fucking runs like 
when the cable guy runs lines and you hear the squeaking on the basketball court, he's yeah, running yeah. lines. I was and, trying to... and you hear the squeaking of his shoes, you know, <laughs> and he's doing that weird fucking flailing his arms thing. And he's got like the, the gazelle move that he does or whatever. And it is one of the funniest fucking moments, visual gags in the whole movie. I'd like that. Yeah. I laughed. So good. You know, again, it's like when they're fighting Steppenwolf or when they're fighting uh, Superman when he first comes back, you know, and it cuts to Flash, who's just like still in that George Costanza laying out on the bed pose, like, <laughs> you're not even gearing up to run. What are you doing? You know, like, you want you want me to, like this? Like, I'm going to, okay. So I like that they're making fun of his weird posture. Yeah, but you arbitrarily chose to give him that weird posture. That's mean. <laughs> I would say it's the one benefit of changing directors uh, with these characters. It's like, well, hey, hey, at least we fixed that. So they get back to the apartment. Like, oh, this place looks nicer than I expected, which is what Iris basically says when she walks in. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, mom helped me decorate. And, you know, we get all these little moments of of their their different upbringings where Barry Prime is sadly like, yeah, classic mom, you know, just like, uh, you have no idea, dude, and sort of have this, um, let's fucking digest let's everything that just would happen. You're in a world with another you? Come no. on. <laughs> just <laughs> once. I mean, I've seen it before, I've yeah. touched it, come on. No. So let's digest everything that just happened. How am I supposed to get my powers back? And then Young Barry's like, wait, I have the power? Oh my God. And just starts running around like an idiot, just so gleefully stupid in the most like pure dumb and dumber way. And I am all about it. And I love the scene where he's like, yeah, 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 Speedy Gonzalez. I've done it a million times. And But he just like has this dumbass grin on his face and he can't stop himself and he runs and, you know, burns up his clothes and crashes into a... That scene is entertaining. Uh, a fucking truck carrying marching band equipment or whatever and winds up naked in the middle of the street and causing a massive blackout and helicopters overhead and all that shit. Cuts back, walks in. He's holding the tambourine over his dick. And he's like, what happened? He's like, nothing. Why would you ask? And sort of like sideways shimmies into the bathroom, puts on a robe, and then uh, he's trying to explain to him, like, phasing. You know, he's like, okay, so, you know, <laughs> when you speed up the molecules in your body so fast, and he's like, oh, wait, you mean, oh, my God, and he falls through the floor. The robe stays on the floor, and you hear the scream from down below, and he comes back up holding, like, a, a cooking pot, pot yeah. uh, over his junk. Not even, it's funny that they're, like, embarrassed of their own nudity, but, you know, like, um, Barry Prime, like, looking away and holding up the robe, like, here you go. He's like... It's like, are you always so tired and hungry and naked? It's like, no, I'm not naked because I have a suit for this. If you listen to one fucking thing that I say. Yeah, you get one of those. You can't keep not listening to what he says because then it becomes like you either are such a moron, which doesn't track, or you're just desperate to get I mean, it kind of does that this Barry is dumb. No, because he's like a forensic guy. He's not dumb. He's just obnoxious. And so you're so desperate to keep making this joke where he keeps bumbling. If only he didn't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I don't know, man. I do know. I'll tell you what. I like Beavis and Butthead, Adam Sandler. I do love Beavis and Butthead. Um, but they're morons. You know, yeah. That's why they can keep doing that. And this guy is a moron. That's how he's portrayed, and I like it. So then, in this scene, he was like, well, wait, who's this guy? Who's this guy on the couch, right? And I might be skipping a little ahead. And um, it's like, oh, yeah, that's my roommate, Gary. And then you see the the annoying uh, co-workers from earlier wake up in bed together, you know. 
It's like, who are these fucking freaks? Like, oh, yeah, that's one of my other roommates, whatever. It's a nice idea that, like, he is annoying, sure, but it's also having the stability of a not-murdered mom made him a person who was able to have friends. Yes. Wasn't that the whole issue in the other movies? Is that, like, I don't really have friends. I've never well, really known people. Well, it's addressed in this and, movie of, like, I mean, Batman's kind of my only friend. You know, yeah. and, like, he goes, uh, your, your loss made you a hero. He's like, it also made me alone. He's like, well... You want to you want to get a bite to eat? You know we could hang out tonight. And he says, uh, "Not this time. Maybe another time." <laughs> no, you're annoying. I know. The writer in me was like, "Why did he say two lines that could have easily been one?" I know they cut out I don't know an hour of this movie from the original cut. Like, why would you not cut an extra line when he says, "Not this time. Maybe another time." And then later we get our answer on that. We get a Back to the Future right. joke, which is neat, but... We do get a Back to the Future can't, joke. You can't just have a big temple comic book movie where they make a bunch of jokes about Back to the Future and blah, 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 and then... What amuses me, though, do is... Do it again. This is for... <laughs> this is a very specific joke for people who either read IMDb trivia... Or have seen the stills of Eric Stoltz as Or have Marty seen <laughs> the Netflix series, The Movies That Made Us. I didn't see any of that, but I've just seen the images of like, you know, okay. Eric Stoltz used to be Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah, where they, they cast him and they actually started filming with him and were like, this guy sucks, can we get Michael J. Fox? And so I was amused by those jokes. Oh, I'm remembering the part that I missed. He's like, oh, are we so tired and naked and all this stuff? You know, there's that joke, and, and Barry Prime starts to break it down, and he turns over, young Barry's falling asleep. He's like, all right, I'll tell you tomorrow. They cut to tomorrow. They're walking around in public, and he's telling them what's going on. People start to panic. What's going on? They go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or someplace that has big TVs on the wall, and Zod is here. And then we get an unnecessary flashback when Barry Prime tried to come and help but he just got his powers and he was inexperienced because it's supposed to be another you know, like origin story spider-man wrestling yes, and but here's what i dislike about this i just um, like that the thing i just said i just like we have revisited the streets of metropolis during the superman zod fight in a brilliant way this way feels very much like we're reusing some footage in the background and then we reshot this stuff in the foreground sure. and like you remember that right and it did not land. No, for it's me. like Rashomon. We're just going to keep seeing, even in this new universe where it's different people, they're going to keep cutting back to this scene when the city's getting destroyed by Zod, but from a different angle. And, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Anyway, he has all this guilt about it. And then he goes, But shit, if there's no Superman in this universe, maybe I can find him. Maybe I can find the whole Justice League, right? And so they're back at his apartment. That's when we meet the, the roommates. And he's like, All right, I'm going to Google these people. And it's like, Victor Stone, oh, star quarterback, great. So he's fine. You know, like he hasn't had a horrific accident yet. I saved him from his tragedy. Shucks. And then you know, uh, he calls Aquaman's dad. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm looking for Arthur Curry, and he's like, he's talking to Boba My Fett. Dog. He's like, yeah, but I mean, you're you're married to uh, the Amazon, Queen of Atlantis, yeah, Atlantean you know? princess. And <laughs> the camera just pans slightly to uh, a, a woman who I would describe as maybe like a your average Walmart shopper, perhaps. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. I got to go. You know? Just hangs up on hangs him. Up. Like, yeah. And, um, How dare you remind me of my wife. Yeah. And uh, I always feel bad for people who get cast as like, uh, now you be the ugly bitch. There's that anecdote from uh, Home Alone. Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. woof but it's, it's a him boy. dressed as. Yeah, they're like, we can't do that to a young Buzz girl. It's Buzz dressed up as a girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> in this scene, he's like, all right, so Arthur Curry was never born. I think he looked up the Clark Kent and there wasn't anybody, like he doesn't exist, and looked up Diana Prince and they don't exist. And so then he's like, fuck, none of the Justice League exists. And he starts rattling off all these names and he says um, something about Batman. The Batman girl, does exist. No one knows who he is. The though. annoying girl goes, I'm Batman. And he's like, what did you just say? And she was like mid-drink of a LaCroix or something and it's like, um, and burps it out. And, you know, what I said about the Lego Batman shit with this is going to air first, so you guys haven't heard that episode, but I don't like people making fun of my guy. And yet the dumbass in me was really amused by that. And on rewatches, I enjoy it just as much. <laughs> but he, then, yeah, that's when Gary on the couch is like, oh, no, he's real, but no one knows who he is. And Barry's like, well, I fucking know who he is. Cut to them getting out of a taxi. This is the shot we saw in the trailer uh, at the gates of Wayne Manor from 1989's Batman, which is amusing because Returns used a totally different model of a different house. And isn't the house the dilapidated house from Batman versus Superman or Justice League? No, it's the 89 house. Externally? Yeah. I think I know this more than you if I had that. <laughs> okay. Now that we can agree on. So... Um, He's like, man, what is this fucking dump? You know, the door is open, the whole place is overgrown, decrepit, and they go in. That's when we hear the Chicago record playing. They walk through the fucking... Look uh, at this cool shit. The armory from yeah. Alexander Knox, where he's like, he must be king of the wicker people. That, you know? that made me laugh out loud, because I had just watched, like the night before, the intro to Batman 89, just to mm -hmm. have a little bit of like that in my memory. And so to see that right after, look at this cool shit. Yeah. That, that was funny. I really like that. Then they walk through, and oh, that's a funny gag where like, he sees like an easel and all these paints around. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were a painter. They're good. And he makes this, <laughs> like it hangs on him for just a beat after that. And just his face is so good. I will say that as much as I don't like Bruce being funny, Ezra was the only cast member who was given a better chance to shine in the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League because uh -huh. they gave him a lot of those comedic lines, yeah. and he sold them. Yeah, that's um, Joss and, Whedon's strength is comedy, so lean on that guy because he's the funny character. Yeah, and when they tried to do it to other characters, it didn't work, but I really like his comedic chops and that he's not in a deadly serious movie this time because just, just those little things with his face the little grimace I know Michael makes, Key like, Batman's a different Batman but I just don't believe that Batman wouldn't be an amazing painter and that's upsetting <laughs> you can't tell me that Batman can't like he wouldn't obsess over it until he was the best painter in the world or just to like you know oh yes in the reflection of the window I saw the perpetrator so now I recreate it <laughs> by sketching a perfect image of him like I don't buy it it's a funny joke though so they go downstairs and there's this like servant's kitchen. There's a joke about the servant's bells up there, which I haven't seen down Nabby, so I didn't really get the connection, but I kind of get the gist. There's like a flip-flop on the ground. There's boiling water on the stove, but there's nobody there. <laughs> we see this long-haired dude with it, like a mop of hair that covers his face for the sake of the uh, stuntman here <laughs> who jumps out of the closet and starts flinging pots and pans and pizza cutters and all these things, kicking Barry Prime in the face, uh, hitting him in the face again as soon as he gets up with a, like the end of a fucking wine bottle or something. <laughs> there's a, a pan thrown at young Barry, who again has the powers, and the way he dodges this random kitchen object and watches it go past his face is an identical recreation of 
throwing the, throwing the battery <laughs> right by his face when he first meets Affleck in the other movie. And uh, I'm dying at this because you know the whole movie is hyped up as the the return of Keaton and like you know he was the fucking badass stoic one you know and all this and I'm like yeah but he's also the weirdest one and I love that they let him be fucking weird because yeah. this is like 80s Keaton where he just got to be goofy as shit do you like eating in here uh, I don't know if I've ever been in here before <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah but, no, I, I loved it too um, but even it's like the kind of shit he would do in Beetlejuice or like even that weird movie he did with Larry David like he loves doing goofy shit and I think has spent a decade or more trying to solidify like I'm a serious actor though guys and now that he's comfortable in that like sure I'll be Batman again yeah. oh but but I can get weird? Yeah, sure. Let's get weird, yeah. you know. And he looks like a fucking overgrown biker or something. His, uh, that scarf is such a nice touch. Like he's some weird, <laughs> yeah, he's like, got the little ascot or whatever it's called. very cultured. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After they stop fighting, you know, they're like, who the hell are you? Because they're expecting to see Affleck. And he's like, I'm the guy who lives here. And they're like, well, we're looking for Bruce Wayne. And then everyone kind of relaxes and it cuts to he's back cooking. And he's like... So you're telling me, and so we skipped all the exposition dump of a recap, and we just sort of get the, the cliff notes here as he's trying to process that information. Very good choice, because we don't need every character to <laughs> you know, repeat the plot. Then we get the whole spaghetti analogy that you were talking about, where he holds up the two pieces of dry spaghetti, and he's like, oh, so you probably saw a time travel movie where you think if you go back here, then we're going to bend this piece. Then there's one future and the second future. He's like, but actually... He turns them, makes like a intersection. It's like it creates a fulcrum. But more accurately, and he just dumps the whole pot of noodles, it's like, it's kind of a shit show. And there will be inevitable intersections along the way, but it's not linear as you're making it look. Because Barry was confused. Like, I didn't go back before you were born. Why are you a different guy? Yeah. You know? And it's I an interesting that was a good wrap It's up. an interesting idea. It still doesn't make sense, but it's an interesting way to justify all of these changes. Yeah, I think it works. So they're explaining the Zod invasion and how there's no Justice League. And, you know, Batman was our strategist. You know, we need a, a team leader. We need somebody to help, you know. And he's testing the sauce in his own mouth, and then he shoves it in Barry's mouth, which is sort of a repeat of the Lex Luthor gag that he does to the senator, the Jolly Rancher, but it's still funny. He's about to start eating, and young Barry is just, like, staring like a fucking hungry dog. He's like, here, you fucking eat it, you know. They're like, so... Will you help us? And in perfect Michael Keaton delivery, he, you know, it's like a close-up on his face. He looks all serious, and he just goes, pass, and walks out of the room <laughs> casually. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, no. And, it's like um, Gotham City. I did my job. It's like one of the safest cities in the world. Yeah, exactly. Fine. I'm, yeah, he's retired. Yeah. He's like, so you're the Batman? He's like, kind of. There's even a, a joke there where uh, young Barry's like, wait, Bruce Wayne is Batman? <laughs> Like, what did right. you think we were here? Uh, I thought it's for the cousins' dinner. Like, that's still a good joke. Now, here's a problem I have because Bruce says he doesn't care. They leave, and then he's like, "All right, well, we're going to use his bat cave." And he's like, "See that little port over there?" He's like, "Remember when I taught you how to do the phasing?" And so they're just like out on the property, and there's this like sewer entrance thing, and he stands on top of it. You know, again, mid sentence, just starts using his powers and falls through. You're telling me the guy who had to drive like miles of backwoods and then it's just going to have an access port in the yard a man holding right down into it like no i didn't like that one bit well it's important because you 
took all that time with the Back to the Future thing. <laughs> so now we don't have enough time to get a more <laughs> to interesting way. the labyrinth of Wayne Manor. Yeah. <laughs> what amuses me, again, is very serious Barry Prime jumps on the, the old-fashioned Keaton back computer, you know, and we see it's all got those weird little islands of cliffs, sort of the way that the Burton Batcave was uh, set was up. It beautiful you know, to see so that, cool. that place brought to life again, but yeah. even even better. That That's a thing where modern technology shines in this movie. Yeah. Everything like that. Seeing all the Keaton-era stuff come to life modern. Yeah, it's very really cool. special. And a good mixture, like even when, um, a few minutes later, when Barry starts talking to Batman, going like, I know you're watching me from somewhere. You've got cameras in this room, you know. And it cuts to him, and he's on an old, thick, like boxy laptop. Like it has modern video capability, but it's an old-ass fucking hunk of junk kind of thing, you yeah. know, like an early laptop. Like he still has this sort of dated technology. Or that like um, the back computer is dated, but also not. Yeah. Like it's still the same physical guts of it, but he's upgraded the rest of it with the times. Yeah. I just love these monitors. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Heavy CRTs duty. are yeah. great. But I like how he's dead serious. He's on the mission. And then young Barry acts exactly how we saw in uh, Justice League. He's like, oh my God, it's a bat cave, you know, and he's zipping around the full whole place. And he's like, oh my God, the Batmobile. I used to see this on the news when I was a kid. And um, I think perhaps the biggest crime of this movie is that they make a big deal about showing us the Batmobile. They made a big deal about putting it in the teaser trailer where he pulls back the fucking cover and then they don't show it, right? They've been fucking edging us on this Batmobile the whole time. And then the most we ever see it get used is Barry passed out eating Cheetos inside of it. Is there merchandise relating to that for this movie? Oh, yeah. There's there's the Batmobile, the 89 Batmobile for sale. Yeah. Now. for Made new for this to yeah. sell. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Great to see it. Though. I was also disappointed when I saw the toys and the original designs of the Batwing because the original Batwing from 89 is a thing of beauty. All of those vehicles were just fantastic. But functionally the way the new one works is awesome really happy with that but anyway he's talking to bruce through the computer you know you lost your parents i'm just trying to save mine you know there's a cut i think he passes out or whatever they both pass out and he wakes up next to coffee and bruce is down there and know, there's like a dossier no that says like oh right. clark kent here's all the or whatever uh, well a it's super like, entity yeah it's like name yeah. redacted and it's in this fucking base in uh, siberia and so it's like, oh shit, okay, we know where we're going. Like, will nice you help us? And he's like, I'll help you find your guy, and then I'm out. Well, I don't know if it's this scene or the later scene similar to this, but I like because there's a beat which sort of is the opposite of what Ben Affleck Batman said, where he's like, I think it's later. Okay, about the parents and all that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're right. When he brought him his coffee and all, he's that. like, this is why I'm going to help you because you know what? Like, my parents died, but you know, you did it. He goes, I spent my whole life fighting crime in a cape. Like, that was going to bring my parents back. Yeah. He goes, but you know what? You actually did it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm game. Like, more power you. to you. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. I haven't thought about it enough. And this, this is going to sound stupid because people are going to be like, well, this is the movie they gave you. But a movie that focused even more on The Flash meeting Michael Keaton, Batman, and working together. Not just because I want to see more Michael Keaton, but because it's like, it feels like we had so much stuff where its only purpose was to get us to this point anyway. Sure. So like cut that stuff away or figure out a way to get here quicker. Or... I do think the first act could have been streamlined a little bit and it is the weakest part of the movie, which is great though, because there have been other 
DC movies, if we cut back to uh, Suicide Squad, first Wonder Woman, BVS, we always complain about, dude, that last half hour, just a CGI fuck fest. Like, this movie has the opposite effect. They get their boring shit out of the way early. <laughs> this, yeah, this movie has the opposite effect where, like, even if you're not totally sold in the beginning, it, like, it definitely takes off by this point. I'd say about we're probably an hour in, maybe 45 minutes in at this point. And this is really when it starts to take off. Again, I don't think the movie really begins until young Barry shows up. And that's when it feels like this movie feels. We're getting to the point. Know? Like, what's the point of this story? Why are we here? Exactly. What, what are you trying to tell us? Yeah. So here we go to rescue Superman. Again, Batman's like, I'll help you find your Superman and then I'm out. This is one of my favorite and least favorite sequences in the movie. They're like, how are we going to get to fucking Russia or whatever? And we see the new, the new Batwing lower from the top, and that's when he makes his big entrance. And the, the whole, like, oh, my God, you're, yeah, I'm Batman. You know, he had to say it. had to be done. Wasn't there, I feel like there's a, something happens in the movie, like bats fly or something like that, but it ends up being, yeah, I'm Batman, and then the sound of clapping, because it's like something physically happening in the world, but it sounded, it ended up being like he says, I'm Batman, and then there's a pause in the movie. Oh, yeah, I don't know. What I noticed was I was so used to seeing it on the trailer, but the, the way they use his musical cue, his original theme, while he's saying it, made it feel a lot different mm -hmm. in the film. Yeah, so then they get in the, uh, the Batwing, the new version, and they're flying, and, you know, the two berries in the back seat, and like, well, why don't you ask him? Like, and it's like, I don't know this Batman. I don't fucking, you know. Keaton just being stoic, straight face like he always was. Which I like that the moment he's back in the suit, he's Batman. Mm. He's not that weird guy that you saw in the beginning. You know, once this goes on, I'm that fucking dude. Yeah. You know, don't talk to me when I'm playing jazz. <laughs> There's that sort of like I was thrown off in the trailer. I think I said this about Affleck and Justice League too. There was one shot where he yells, and I was like, "That's weird," because the whole rest of the time he talks in his low voice like this, you know, and he's like. You're both strapped into an ejector seat. I'm like, whoa, hey, 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 what are you doing? You know, in the scene, it's not that bad, but I wish that they just like, you know, it's a superhero movie. You're in a plane. You would have those little earpiece. You know, you yes, just you don't you just to. use your Batman voice. Yeah. Um, but then there's the whole like, and where's your parachute? And he just drops out without saying anything. Like, perfect, love it. And then here, this is the joke I made when you came over today. <laughs> They're down on the ground and they got to go way up to this fucking basic fortress military base and uh so young barry zips up he's in the flash suit you know runs up there so he doesn't burn up his clothes then barry prime grabs on the batman it zooms out and he's got his full leg wrapped around him like, like you're dam gonna scoop me up like like, uh, like i did earlier right leia like vicky bale leia up or something <laughs> yeah or vicky bale yeah and <laughs> Then it cuts back to the close-up on Keaton's face, and in just like a motionless glare, like, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> and again, I love the subtle beats in this movie. Uh, and then he grabs him by the back of his belt, and they fly up there. The way he gracefully lands and then just drops Barry and, and continues walking. He walks out of the frame. And they're like, oh, where did he I'm go? I'm the slowest one now. Fo follow the footsteps, you know. There's this giant fucking, like, silo thing. They, they got to go down. And because they're sneaky, you can't use flash powers or anything. They're like climbing down. One thing that was very stupid here is that one of them, oh, it's it's young Barry because he's in the flash suit. He accidentally steps on like one of those pedal trash cans. As if he's not able and, to 
catch something that he's accidentally well, exactly. Over. Yeah, he steps on this pedal trash can, and then you see a uh, shovel start to teeter and just slowly fall. And he's watching it like no, 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 no. And you know, it f- hits the ground, and I'm like, you realize you're dealing with a superhero, right? That's, that's his whole thing. It's because they thought uh, that's such a funny joke. Mm-hmm. That's way better than coming up with some other way to get an awesome fight scene with Batman. Yeah. I mean, clearly a guy in a big red suit is pretty conspicuous as it is. If only he had the ability to search the entire base in the blink of an eye. Yeah, (laughs) right. Maybe if he had like speed powers, that'd be cool. Yeah, and if the place just flickered for a second and no one knew. He could take the keys from all the guards. He could disarm all the guards. He could open every door. Man, it's like, there's a lot of cool ways to use a fast But also, you know, he got his powers today. And so we're giving them a benefit of the doubt. I didn't think of any of that in the movie. I only thought that was dumb that he knocked that over. Yeah. But as soon as that fight scene starts, I was like, oh, yeah. 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 And so my pants were down. This <laughs> is what I mean by best worst moment. They get caught. All these um, people in the labs or whatever are looking at him, and then all these armed guards come out. The first shot is fired. Young Barry panics, but I think he kind of nudges him out of the way of the first bullet, right? Because he's like, I can't move him. What do I do? Right? And he just barely tilts his head. And then all of them fire at once. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So he moves his body. And Barry Prime starts puking everywhere. And then there's more guns, everyone coming in. And that then, puke effect was amazing. It was gross. It, yeah. It's like fucking Nickelodeon green. <laughs> the man. amount of matter that came out of his oh, body. Oh, I love it. <laughs> A good puke gag, man, like in. Uh, I love you, man. Where Paul Rudd pukes in John Favreau's face is one of my favorite gags. Oh my god! If you guys can hear that sound, I'm sorry. There's birds nesting in my attic, like they do every year. I always forget to board it up in the winter. So this is happening, and then Batman makes his presence known from above, and everyone looks up. He just makes a little quip, like "This is gonna hurt." I wish he hadn't said anything. He swoops down. He and says, this, well, he's on the edge, and he goes, I caramba. <laughs> <This is laughs> hey, it is a nostalgia fest. Nobody better lay a finger on my butter finger. <laughs> Eat my shorts, man. <laughs> so he jumps down, and this is a shot from the trailer. The first time we saw him in action in the first proper trailer, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. that that's weird. They animated him. He's swooping around and doing somersaults. And that's goofy looking. Like, he doesn't do that. That's mm-hmm. weird. And I hate how he enters the fight and swoops down and looks all CGI weird. And then, once he's down there, he fights exactly like he used to fight, but with the benefit of technology, like homing batarangs. He shoots the guy with the grapnel like Affleck did in the warehouse scene to pull him closer to get punched. He roundhouse kicks a dude in the face. Like, he does all these things that are normal, believable, classic Batman moves that also work great in a modern action movie. Well, because they are, it's not just the benefit of the technology of the character, but the benefit of the... Of how it's shot. Yeah, 30 years of filming action scenes with... Like even in the nightmare sequence of Affleck that's so good, you could still see the guards with guns running up to get punched when they should be shooting from a distance. You don't see any of that with this. Like it's a flawless execution once he's on the ground. It's everything I complained about when we watched the original movies of like, yeah. I don't believe this guy. 
Oh yeah, can and this, move or do anything. Yeah, I believe this guy fights. Like there's shots in '89 where you could see it's Dave Lee, the stunt double, you know, and like Valerie Man. There was not. Uh, no, no, he's the 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 motion double, but yep. the actual fighter was a different guy. And so in this one, I never questioned for a moment that that was Michael Keaton roundhouse kicking that dude. You know, um, it looked great. Yeah, it, it filled me with glee. Yeah, his best fight scene of all time. Like yeah. it's so nice that he gets justice. One. Yeah, totally. Because I immediately thought back to like the Batman Returns scene where. Um, you know, they're like, burn, baby, burn. And then the Triangle Circus is in the streets fucking shit up, you know, and he's like, he like bends in half and spins around, you know, because he's like, he can't move right. And so like, that's how he's got to duck a baseball bat or something, you know, and this scene was just fucking amazing. And then he does this move a couple times where more guys start firing and he turns his back to them and holds up his cape because we've established from his very first scene in the first movie, he's bulletproof yep. and now it's advanced to his new suit that his his whole cape can withstand that. And so he is a human shield several times for the guys, which I love. They take everybody out and they go into the scrotum? Into the giant scrotum? <laughs> like, yes. Which it looks more like a boob, honestly, if you're going to you know, make that joke. But Well, you know, um, you can have a scrotum with one testicle. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. And so they go in and they are there to rescue Cal. And my first regret about the marketing the of this movie. The choices you made in your life. Yes. Happened while watching this movie. Yeah. I'm starting to look back at my mistakes. No, but had it not been for Ezra's bullshit in real life and not being able to like, okay, you're, you're going to lay low. We're going to let your co-stars market this movie. I think if not for that holding back Supergirl from would, the advertising would have been awesome. That would have been a really cool get reveal. get there and they're like, who the fuck is this? You know, we would have felt what the characters felt. And I love that Batman's just like, it's not him, let's go. <laughs> and they're like, we gotta help her. And fine, you know. Um, I got more biscotti to eat, I gotta go. Yeah, and so we have the two superheroes and the powerless Barry Prime. He picks her up, you know, he says, I got you, and they run out of there. Great set to that on that cage, though. That was a really cool... Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Upsetting place. And then in the tunnels that they're trying to get out, and the, there's like one guy who walks by with his coffee, and he looks at them, and they look at him. And Batman and, does like the try and get him to flinch. Yeah, Batman fucking just like... He, he takes like... He like stomps on the floor, takes half a step, like, <clears throat> does it twice. And then the guy like reaches for a gun, and we see young Barry just like, I got this, and... Slam him into the wall. Hilariously, <laughs> like with both hands, like it kind of looks like he's doing like a raise the roof dance, sort of like. Or it's like a cartoon character, like slamming oh yeah. into another one and launching him off the screen. Yeah. As he's doing that, he gets shot from behind. We see a bullet slow motion go through his knee as he's realizing, like, what the fuck? Oh, God. And so he's got a limp out of there. And then Barry Prime is carrying somebody. And then we have Batman who's got to human shield them all again throws a gas canister at him and a bomb. I love this fucking shit. They got to climb all the way out the fucking silo. And so he finds this little platform. And uh, actually, the third viewing, I uh, was sitting next to these loud-ass motherfuckers. And, like, their food smelled and they're talking the whole time. After the first, like, 15 minutes, like, when Barry's late for work, I stood up and I just said, Shut up like the fucking uh, guy on the rooftop in 89 <laughs> you want your cut of this money or not shut up with the cigarette dangling like dan Aykroyd. no and i just said that and i walked out because i'd seen it this is my third time uh -huh. at this point i walked out i'm like you need to give me another seat and so when i moved at the end of the movie and i'm not sitting next to anyone there's two 
buffer seats on uh-huh. both sides. And I hear somebody go, what do you think, Sam? I'm like, what the fuck? And this that guy, Tristan, that uh, used to play at Monkey Torture back in the day. I'm like, oh, shit. Long hair, Tristan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is funny, because I said this to Gabe, who used to be in Monkey Torture, and he didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> your dad. I'm talking about your dad. I yes, don't, yes. Who is it? My dad. But, but he goes, I love shameless uh, nostalgia. He's like, but I was just waiting for him to be like, how much do you weigh? <laughs> and sure enough, they do that in this scene where um, they're on this platform. It's like an old-fashioned elevator platform. Batman's not on it, and he reaches, pulls something out of his utility belt, and you think it's going to be some special gadget, and it's a tape measure. I love that joke. He measures the base of the and fucking thing. When he does that, you see him accidentally spell out a handful of credit cards that also have Bat logos. No, that was Clooney. And he says, uh, uh, he's like, how much do you weigh? Like uh, 140 and 140, uh, you know, and then he adds 80 pounds for the decrepit Supergirl there. And um, Batman sets a bomb underneath the fucking thing, which blows out everyone who's coming to kill them and fucking launches them into the air. Not how bombs work, but cool anyway. Yeah, it was great, though. No, you see, if I take this bomb and I hold it in my hand and I point it down, it'll launch you into the air. (laughs) This is where the... uh, the Siberian like snow fight from the trailers happens. The CGI here is goofy as hell, but yeah. we see Kara get tossed just past the uh, limits of the of the shadow. The, you see like the her midday arm shadow. There, like, come yeah. Down. yeah, yeah. And as the camera pans over, we see her being brought back to life into full strength. She just fucking rages out, and this is the first moment that she's been conscious so far in this movie. And she's a fucking badass. And I love that she is just a do not fuck around. She doesn't have any quips or anything. She is just ripping dudes apart. slamming into people, throwing throwing them into the air. If you're super strong, that's all you have to do. Yeah. Knock them off the edge, throw them into the air, throw them into each other. I love that shot where Keaton is swooping in in slow-mo to punch a guy, but the guy's shooting. And we know Keaton's bulletproof at this point, but it's also close range. And she just fucking swoops between them in one motion, takes the bullet in her palm and, like, palms his face with it. Yeah. Uh, Like, so many cool little things in here, but the whole thing looks completely animated. Yeah, and I think it's your enjoyment weightless. of the movie or my enjoyment of the movie. Which are two very different things, yeah, let's say. Yours existed. In my, <laughs> no, that enjoying it as much as I did hinged upon me accepting that it looked bad. And sure. going like, okay, I'm just kind of watching a cartoon. Yeah. Like a, there's scenes where there's humans and then there's scenes where <laughs> there are things that look like humans and I'm supposed to think they're the same and I know they're not, but right. if I just accept it, right. it's better than if I get hung up on it. Yeah. But everything after this point kind of looks like that. Every action scene. I would say this is one of the worst ones to me. I thought they looked... Anyway, we'll get to that. I, no, I agree with you there. Because it's, it's all mainly people. It's not people in robot suits or yeah. planes. Yeah, this is all just a bunch of it's dudes. close-ups. In military gear, you know, and, and it just doesn't look right. Once they get Supergirl back to Wayne Manor, the berries are talking like... It's, My two berries. It's not, yeah, it's not him. What do we do? You know, and and she wakes up and overhears this, and you know, is confrontational immediately. You know, because in the fight, I think she like takes out all these guys in a fit of rage, and then fucking like passes, passes out, out again yeah. because you know she's still very weak. At this point, it's like, who are you? Where have you taken me? 
<laughs> Barry Prime is like using young Barry as a human shield <laughs> standing in the background behind him going, uh, well, I was looking for Kal-El and it's like, why are you looking for my, my, my cousin or whatever? And it's like, oh, because he was my friend. And now this is one moment in the movie where I could have used a little bit of a character reaction to what do you mean he was your friend? What do you mean what world? Why are you guys the same? Why are you same? hanging out with babies? You know, just one little line of acknowledgement of like, right? because she just takes everything that's explained as like, uh-huh, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, I'm waking up from a coma having lived my entire adult life in a fucking cage. And I can, I can, everything you're saying is I totally... Could, I could let it slide as like, no concept of time, because he would be an adult too. Yeah. Because if she's been like... But she now says... No, like he he never made it to Earth. She says it. No, she this. doesn't. Yeah, she does. No, but she's been locked up. So the entire time she's been locked up, she doesn't know anything that's happened. She is the one who first tells us that Kal-El never made it to Earth. As far as she Later knows. we find out why, but right now she's the one who tells us this. M my only point being that she was locked up for a long time. Yeah. So in her mind, it could have been like, oh, he did get here and that's why you know him or what, like that, why she's not pressing him like, no, he never got here. No. Why are you lying to me? no. Anyway, I had a moment in this scene, kind of what you were saying, it would have been great if they could have not tipped that she was in this movie. Because you have the reveal of Michael Keaton. You have to use that to sell this movie. There's yeah. a whole bunch of people who would not watch well, this movie without that. The director that. said, and again, in a perfect world where Ezra wasn't a fucking maniac, the director said he fought the studio to try to keep Keaton a secret. Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine the surprise? Oh my God. Yeah. And then you would have been the greatest thing in the world. How many moments would you have had not knowing that before you saw some stupid reel of someone going, so how did you pull off this amazing cameo in this new film that releases <laughs> tomorrow that we won't spoil it for people, but let's just say things are going to get nuts. <laughs> no, it would have been good, but you just can't. Yeah. That's going to sell tickets. But the Supergirl thing, especially because she's not- Could have waited. A, she's not a known entity. Yeah. That would have been neat. I still, despite knowing that she was in this movie, had a thought to myself in the scene of going like, Wow, that's really neat that we live in a world where this weird Supergirl exists yeah. in this movie with this cool costume, like that a mainstream big budget movie can do this. Yeah. They had to do all that groundwork with all the boring stuff to get people on board with it early on in the film, but like yeah. that this even exists, that's really neat. Dude, I, I thought the same thing. Like when we first saw her, you know, glimpses or whatever, in, just in, in the real world, I mean, leading up to the film. I was like, huh, that's an odd look for a Supergirl. Interesting. You know, and then I saw some people giving like whatever deep cut comic references of like, oh, it's actually kind of like this. You know, I'm like, all right. Okay, well, actually, in my fan fiction, that's what she you looks know. like. So yeah. I saw some people complain like, should have been Melissa Benoist. I'm like, you know, she would have been neat for a cameo. But honestly, this Kara is believable to me for Henry's cow. Sure. And that. Krypton that we've seen. Like, I, I, bu I buy her more for this world. I agree, but also I just think this movie has enough cameos and stuff like that. You lay it on too thick and it starts to feel like the finale of a TV show or something like that where like, and you're here? And you're here? Like, <laughs> let that be. Let that just be somebody new for this weird world. Yeah, and especially because it's supposed to be like, something's wrong. Not mm -hmm. like, oh, we fucked up and got our favorite Batman back. <laughs> and our favorites, you know. Wow. Like, and, you know... The Ninja Turtles exist in this universe? <laughs> oh, man. That's what I need, the fucking Batman-Turtles crossover. We uh, take her up to the rooftop to get some sunlight. 
because Barry Prime knows this about Superman. Like, hey, take her up there, get her some sun. She'll be feeling better. We see her in the suit for the first time. What a cool-looking suit. Yeah, it's really neat. It's interesting. I didn't even notice it at first, but it's interesting where they attach the cape because she just has, like, the red shoulders, but it's not the cape. It actually attaches, like, about at her shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. A very interesting design feature. And sort of like when we first saw Henry's of, like, oh, weird, he doesn't have the belt or the trunks, you know, there's just kind of a lot of solid color here. Uh-huh. It's an interesting choice. And with her, it's, like, from... I think, like, from ribs down, it's all one color. You know, it's very... It's weird that they threw her in a cage with nothing but her hospital gown and her space alien suit. Yeah, I don't know. They're just like, this is what you wear now. Throw this. Who fucking cares? Strange. (laughs) Convenient. Yeah, she goes up there. She gets her powers back. And Young Barry's like, so, um, I mean, how are you feeling? You feeling feeling pretty strong? And she just, like, hocks a loogie and explodes one of uh, Bruce's gargoyles on the roof there. It's an antique, you know, come on. <laughs> she's sort of like, she's still trying to figure out like, okay, but how do I play into this shit? I you don't know? care about you. And and he's like, well, General Zod is here and whatever. And she's like, whoa, 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 Zod is here? Oh, shit. And she just fucks off and, you know, f- flies over to him. Now, here is where we get Endgame done wrong, in my opinion. Because in that movie, we got to see the characters observing from a great distance different angles of famous scenes and in this one we see from a aerial view supergirl's perspective zod and feora confronting the general but in this universe there's no cal there's no lois and there's no second in command either so i can only assume that that's harry lennox general that they're talking to but mm-hmm. we're seeing everything from behind from really far away basically telescope you know it works for back to the future when it's marty mcfly watching marty mcfly yeah. It doesn't work for this. It just felt a little detached. And so Zod is, still, is I like, I told you to fucking deliver the Kryptonian and just slits the guy's throat. I've still never seen the second half of that movie, so this is the first time I've seen any you of You've never this seen stuff. Man of Steel? I've seen the first half of Man of Steel. Oh, wow. Wow. I never saw any of the Zod stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Fuck. Sorry, I was busy kissing girls. You guys are weird. You guys are so weird. I watched it and I was like, this is okay. I'm tired though. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, but you never like, all right. HBO Max, subscribe today. I have to finish you know. Succession first. I can't be bothered to watch Men of Steel. I'm rewatching the previous uh, season before I catch up to the new one because I always like forget everything that's happening when you go a year in between and then and, and I don't care about things that are happening. And then by the time you remember, like, oh yeah, you know, that was a cool thing. Did I tell you how I started Succession? Uh, I was watching no. it on an airplane and they didn't say this is season three oh, and so no. I started I was like wow what a creative way to start a TV show I don't have any idea what's going on and they're just they don't care this is neat did you ever go back? yeah like after okay. three episodes on that flight I was like wait god damn it oh okay see I liked the first episode of that show because when they introduced Jeremy Strong's character he is listening to the Beastie Boys on his headphones. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm already invested in this guy. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. So she fucks off. And uh, we the see confrontation the confrontation with Zod. With Zod. Yeah, because in Man of Steel, um, I mean, spoiler alert to you, I guess, and no one else. We just celebrated <laughs> its 10-year anniversary, this film. but um, It's a movie. In that scene, Superman is there. He surrenders himself for the greater good. And that's the first time he makes himself publicly known. Does Zod use that thing, that device where he's going to like 
poke him in the chest with the... Um, he takes him aboard the ship, and it's a whole thing. But at this moment, the one Kryptonian isn't there. The military doesn't know who the fuck he's talking about. And so he just slashes the dude, and you know, they start shooting, and all this stuff happens. And um, I love those costumes that they wear. Yeah. The heads that become transparent or... They call it a rebreather, I think. And Is that what they looked like in that movie? Yeah, except one of my chief complaints of this movie is that there's a pivotal moment where Superman has damaged his suit to the extent where he, he has to remove it. And then now he's getting overwhelmed by all the sensations of mm-hmm. adjusting to Earth for the first time, right? You know, Superman's like, yeah, it's a lot to take in, isn't it? Pow, pow, you know? And it's great. And in this movie... We never see Michael Shannon's amazingly expressive face except for through that fucking CGI lens, and it drives me crazy. We also never really get that moment or, like, the first flight moment of Cavill with Kara. She just has a a moment where everything's, is it always this loud or whatever? And then, like, five seconds later, it goes away, and... Maybe Kal-El was, like, a moron. just knows how to use all her powers immediately. Kal is like, an Um, idiot, and that was the story of an idiot finding himself. But she sees what he's doing. Respond to what I just said. And is like, fuck this. No. <laughs> no. It didn't deserve one. I'm moving on. I refuse. I'm moving on. I will say uh, anything about Henry. He sort of acts like when a girl tries to do a low voice when he acts mad. Mm-hmm. Like, you're lucky that's all that I did, <laughs> Luther. You know, like, okay, you, you don't sound pissed. But, you know, you got everything else. I'll give you a pass. But no, he's not a dummy. He's actually a good journalist in BVS. I just watched it. But yeah, she sees what Zod's doing. I was like, fuck, I don't know about that, right? And then uh, we cut back to the cave. And this is where uh, Barry Prime This is, is where we get that sick-ass out. mechanics outfit. Yeah. Is he still wearing the scarf also? The I, scarf. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and Barry Prime is like written out all, all these uh, chemical formulas of like the shit that was on the shelf, you know, and John this little illustration of a guy in a chair, you know. Uh, no, maybe this is the heart-to-heart about the parents thing. Um, he's showing it to Bruce, and he's like, so your plan is to uh, douse yourself in these chemicals and... Uh, Electrocute yourself. Yeah, yeah, get struck by lightning. Yeah, pretty much. And that's when we get the line from the trailer. It's like, you want some help? <laughs> Which is funny, because in... The way that it was presented before was like deadly serious, but in this context, it was actually a funny joke. Yeah, it's like, oh, so you want to commit suicide, huh? Can I help? You know, and then that's uh, been pretty dull lately, so yeah. I'm up for excitement. They're setting all this up, you know, and he's talking about his parents and all this shit. We see young Barry is like actually eating a bunch of shit at a distance, and like hears them talking, like, oh my god, like my mom died and this other shit, like. I see why he's doing this now, you know. And and I think that's the moment we sort of like, okay, now he's less of a fucking complete asshole the rest of the movie because mm-hmm. he gets he's on board what we're doing. Yeah. And so they do this experiment and young Barry is like, this is I don't know, man. It was you a know, cool Barry, scene. Barry Prime like, is like, come on, we got we got Bruce here. Like, what could go wrong? And I get Keaton yelling from across the cave. Yeah, Yo, just for the record, I think this is a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he flips the le- the lever there, and uh, I don't know why he's showing his teeth when he does it, but they're there. And uh, then we see this electric pulse go up a rope, and there's like the, the bat, bat kite. Yeah, the bat kite thing. Do their little Benjamin Franklin moment. The lightning comes down and it zaps. Why is there a 
very Batkite over Wayne Manor. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that too. It was like the big lights in the beginning of Returns. You know, is he just a fan? Uh, they shock the shit out of Barry, and he looks like half dead, and he's all bloody. And great it effect. Doesn't work. Just a great scene of that whole th- the things exploding and all that. I it, like that. It looks great, and in the moment, I'm going, "Oh, interesting!" Like they're gonna kill off the one guy who knows what he's doing. And this this other guy who was just thrown into it yesterday is gonna have to figure this out. Like I thought, I thought that's what they were gonna do. That's neat. That's too much for this movie. Well, I just thought because there's so many characters, I was like, oh damn, they're they're gonna kill him off. Like we're gonna have the fucking dingus to save the day. That'll be interesting. And then we see Kara. She's back in the cave. She picks him up. We have a call back as they float away into the sky. She says, "I've got you," just like he said to her. Then off screen, he gets uh, shocked again. Apparently. Then we get a big um, flash of white light, or no? Uh, maybe so. Yeah, maybe like a fade to white, and then uh, back in in the chair in the cave on the ground. He's now. oh okay, she but lays he's him he, yeah he's all fucking just mangled and disgusting and bloody. And young Barry like holds his hand, and there's a spark, and then he starts to heal. So uh, the theme from Jurassic Park kicks in. Man who I cried. Na, 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 na. Uh, and then they say. It's clobbering time. and I'm Sick of it all, please? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Soon as the nuts, where Michael Keaton looks into the camera, straight face and goes, fuck those nuts. <laughs> or, I uh, love nuts. There's something, there's some famous line. Yeah, I'm mixing it up now because there's a few cave moments like this before the, they go the nu- out. The nuts you know. is the before the final confrontation, I believe. Because I thought it was in the Justice League conversation where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. This yeah, is the Justice League conversation yeah, because, because now Kara's there yeah. in full suit and she's on board. Right. So this is the moment where he's like, I mean, I guess we're the kind of the Justice League. We got a Kryptonian and you know, we You're could use a Batman. The strategist of our- and, yeah, and that's when he says, uh, Hello, to, I'm nuts. To me, it could work. You're still going to get a little bit of an eye roll from me. It could work because even in the trailer, I was like, fuck this. Because, like, oh my God, oh, that's dumb. That's sort of how it went with me the first time. I was like, oh, why? That's stupid. If they did less, like, it's obvious enough without him going, you want to get nuts? Dramatic pause and zoom. Come on. <laughs> maybe that. Let's get nuts. Maybe that's what I was talking I about think, where there was like the sound of bats flying and it sounded like a yeah, pause. Yeah, that could be. Because I think if he said, and we need a Batman. Like, what do you think? And it just cuts to him. And in the same nonchalant way that he delivered pass and walked away, if he shrugged it off more like, let's get nuts and, and whatever, <laughs> I could maybe do with that. If you had to have it there, cut the setup and make it not such a fucking serious stare into the camera uh, moment. I want to go one further. I want that. I want him to uh, kind of You want him to, to scream the... it like no, the original. No, no. I wanted to go one step closer to what you want, where I wanted to be like, he kind of looks to the side and goes like, sure, let's get nut, and then it just cuts to the next scene before he even finishes the line. (laughs) Much better, much better. That would fix it. Yeah, let's get nut. It's also weird. I mean, if you want to say how much do you weigh, sure. But the two main iconic lines that he repeats from 89. Let me show you something. Were his improv lines. Mm. He improv those? Yeah, both of them. Oh. Because he was supposed to say, like, I am the knight or whatever. Like, uh, it was more like what Conroy ended up saying in the first one, but he said, I'm Batman. Yeah, the same thing with the Let's Get Nuts. Like, you can tell because he does the Beetlejuice, come on. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, like that's just a Keaton thing. Uh, so 
it was weird that they did that. I don't like how it was done. But then we cut to them. We're flying in to the, the desert with Zod. And yeah, can't stand it. You know, we see a really cool use of the Batwing, and this cracks me up too because he's got the two seats behind him, and he's at the controls. And then when people start shooting at them, he uses this like kind of like the Christian Bale Bat Pod where the front wheel this rolls. There's like a gyro that keeps him in he place. He stays in place yeah. and the whole thing spins. Including the flesh. <laughs> Including the fucking other seats. I was like, that is a total Batman dick move. Like, he could have designed that to keep everyone stationary, but no. Um, he wanted to fuck with them. And uh, so, yeah, he's like, well, we, they don't know we're on their side yet, right? And Supergirl's flying alongside the, the jet there. And then this is like a real critical moment of the movie and not just the big CGI showdown, but the big CGI showdown and the various outcomes and how they affect everything, basically. This is where I was like, I really don't care now. And then I was like, okay, you've won me back a little bit. Well, and I'm glad that they did it here. Because, like I said, we've already seen the Metropolis battle a bunch of times. And so this being a different world, a different way that things played out, we're not at the world engine above Metropolis. We're out in the desert where they were supposed to make the exchange. So this is happening prematurely. So I actually really like that. Normally, I'd be like, why are they just doing a big uh, fucking vacant lot CGI fest? You know, But for here, I was like, okay, good. Don't show me the city this time, please. And it gives flashes a lot of room to run around together. You know? Yeah. Now that they're both powered. Oh, <laughs> bat suit gag. I forgot. Because right before they leave, we see young Barry spray painting the suit Batman, Batman Returns suit. Yeah, because yeah, originally he shows when they're going to try the experiment to give uh, Barry Prime his powers again. He's like, here, this will absorb some of the energy. He's like, no, 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 I need to get hit with it, remember? He's like, fucking suit yourself. But uh, yeah, young Barry takes it and adjusts it to himself so he can give back the ring and the proper flash suit, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, he spray paints. He cuts the, like, the shoulder joints for mobility. He cuts all these, these things out of it. And uh, it's amusing because, you know, the bat suit is very, like, fucking tough and bulletproof but we've also seen like keaton in returns just rip his cowl off like it's just rubber so there's a scene at one point where he just rips the neck out of it you know because like god damn it i can't he has like a pocket knife um, and he's sawing off the ears but that's the funny thing is there's a music montage while he's spray painting the suit and we see the boots with the lightning on it and we see all the things and now it's red and then the music cuts out to him just sawing with a razor blade on on the ears to cut it off and then leaves it just a terrible job and wears this goofy thing and when they're first descending into battle it's from the perspective of Barry Prime all in the nice flash suit <laughs> fucking young Barry tries to turn his head in that fucking suit and it like falls on his face <laughs> like this I laugh so hard at that then they're in the action they're fighting the Kryptonians Batman's taken everybody from air you know he's uh, got his artillery from the the bat wing and at this point i'm like man i don't care about any of this i it's it's neat to see michael shannon's awesome it's a fun fight scene i like seeing the super girl in action but i'm like man i'm not invested in the story i just 
I don't care. And the movie it's tried. Because you haven't seen Man of Steel. This is really cool. What's happening right now? No, that's not why. It's, it's really because, weird to watch those in reverse order. <laughs> no, it's not because of that. It's because and like the movie tried to get around this before with Michael Keaton going like, well, why do you? care about this place you can go anywhere and he's like well this is the universe where my mom lives yeah and in my head i'm like well there's infinite universes you could go find some other one where she lived and it's not all fucked up like this so i don't and this is the problem with multiverse movies i don't care there's too much the crux of a multiverse movie can't be what is happening here in this one place mm -hmm. and that's what this is starting to feel like at this point like we got to beat zod and do this and then when they throw the pop song over the top of the conflict too, I'm like, man, now I really don't care. Because I know nothing serious is going to happen in this moment when you're playing rock music. Oh, boy. It's not going to do it. But once it becomes what it does, which is like sure. the movie also going, yes, this doesn't matter because yeah. it's just, it's not important. This is not the point of it. I'm like, okay, you've now, you're agreeing with me. <laughs> and now I'm Well, they're more, giving you what you expect to see, but then they're doing a twist on it. But as we get into this scene, we talked earlier about when Keaton was fighting hand-to-hand -hand and how it was very on-brand. Uh, he's minimalist, he's effective, he's clever. He's being tailed by these two Kryptonian ships, these smaller ones, and he shoots out some kind of grapnel rope to both of them, goes up while they go around a fucking mountain and crash into each other. And It's, it's a cartoonish moment, but it's also a very, like, what would he do if he can't outgun these aliens? He would just do something clever like that this is with his gadgets somewhat of an aside but i also just don't understand the rules here too because all these kryptonians shouldn't they be really strong they are why because he's like they're fast but they're not as fast as us you know but blowing up wouldn't do anything to them i don't understand how a flash can punch them or do anything to them i just don't understand well, the other thing is the rules because they're in their atmospheric suits they're not getting the full uh, is that a thing in Man of Steel where like that once Kara Zod getting, gets the suit off, then he's really strong? Yeah, because then he's he's like on the fly having to figure out how to hone his powers, and then they can go head to head. But like did that. he not have his powers in the suit? I, I think they do have some extent. Like there's a, a there's previous how, fight scenes. How in how the is suits, Zod able to beat but like, Supergirl? But all these other Kryptonians are getting their asses kicked by Batman and two Flashes. Well, I mean, we see pl plenty of parts where their attacks are not effective. He has to phase and reach into that guy's heart to even stop him. Or yeah. we see the the great little Keaton bombing thing that like isn't working. You know, just but more stuff to say like why I don't care at this point. Sure, sure. I'm not saying like this it's is messy. stupid, but I'm, messy. Like, I'm just like okay, I'm not worried. I don't. I have no feelings. It's messy. That's a cool Supergirl suit. Wow, it's cool watching them fight. One thing I like about Michael Shannon versus her. This is neat. Okay. Her entrance to this scene. Zod is on the ship. We get the dramatic reveal from behind, you know, of the door coming up. We see his tattered cape and his silhouette, you know. And she flies up, knocks out his gunships. That great shot of her screaming like, what have you done? You know, talking about like, we intercepted his pod. The infant did not survive. That scene was effective. I felt that. This is Star-Lord in Guardians 2. Because yeah. when Ego revealed that he killed his mom, there's not a beat of hesitation. There's not a cool line. Star-Lord just starts shooting him in the face with both guns. Well, it's the same as the... Um, Instantly. Done again by them with the Thanos and Gamora thing. Where's Gamora? And he's like, oh, I had to let her go, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, she, S she stabs him in the, in the chin or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, I love that the moment she realizes that he killed her baby cousin, 
that it just immediately blasts him with the fucking heat vision and, cool. and they start going at it. I love that scene. It's awesome, but at the same time, as this movie shows us, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she has I, some great It should be in a Logan, cool Supergirl movie or something. Or, the, the, the X-24 kid in Logan or whatever her, her name is. Laura, Laura Kinney. Laura Kinney. Um, her screaming in that movie, fantastic. Kara screaming in this scene is fucking amazing. Yeah. I love it. Some people just don't have the voice for it, but oh my god, she ripped it up. Like and when I first saw it, I was like, she's pretty cool. They don't give her a lot to do. And then uh, on repeat viewings, I was like, you know, with what little they give her, she fucking nails it. Because those fight scenes are intense. You know, when she first comes to and she's all fucking like agitated and like doesn't trust anybody. Like she plays it all very well. But yeah, in this scene, when they revisited it a couple times too. I've seen her just like, you know, fucking full on beast mode on Zod. I fucking, I it love was it. really cool. And Michael Shannon being a villain, he's, I mean, just gives me flashbacks to like Boardwalk Empire of him. Like, the infant did not survive. Like, that's a pretty weird way to say you killed a baby. Well, he's a top five actor for me. Like, one of my very favorites. I'll, I'll watch anything he's in. And uh, did you watch Take Shelter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I'll also watch anything that Jessica Chastain is in. And so that was like, oh my God, holy shit. I just watched him do one of those career retrospective YouTube videos for like, like uh, Vanity Fair or something. Uh-huh. He's like, people always talk about the the luncheon scene, you know, where he flips the table and goes crazy in front of everybody. But the scene where she's telling him he has to leave the bunker and it like shows it for a second and then it cuts back to him and he is like breaking down thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, this is why I love this guy because he is so invested. And his Zod in Man of Steel is the best villain in the whole DCEU. Like his intensity, even in the beginning, the part that you did see, you know, we're going to banish you to the Phantom Zone or whatever and talking about his son, like, I will find him. And like his whole fucking skeleton is vibrating. Like Uh he is so intense in that fucking movie. And uh, when I saw Take Shelter and he has that meltdown, I was like, Oh my God, he went full Zod. That's amazing. And it is crime that he's not the point of this movie because we don't, just glimpses of it, I guess. Like you said, the way he delivered that line, like the infant did not survive. It's it's deadly serious, but like the face-off scene when him and Superman are going at it and... um, Fucking. Yes, when they're pounding. (laughs) Uh, pounding off. Where do you get these terms? No, um, when, <laughs> always sunny. Sorry. They're having a face off. It's this pivotal moment where like, he's basically been defeated. The world engine's been destroyed. Zod is like, my entire purpose was to protect my people. And now I have no people. And it is like the fucking, it's just bone chilling, man. I fucking love his delivery in this. And there's actually a great line where Supergirl has witnessed what he did to the general and, and the, the invasion here. And when she's back at the cave, she said something about like, these are not my people. And I was like, ah, I like, I even have a line in a rap that says one more time for my people. Like I'm general Zod. Like he says it a lot of times. Uh-huh. One more time for my people like I'm General Zod And I'm believer on the steeple, yeah, you better resort Anyway, I love his performance. We didn't get nearly enough of it. But at this point, we see 
both Barrys doing awesome shit together at full strength powers, running around. Learning how to shoot lightning bolts out of Yeah, and he's like, careful, you're getting too charged up. And he's like, what if I just emperor this guy? And then they learn that it's like a whatever. you. like, that's pretty good, but you got to make your hand shape more like this. Yeah, you got to ground it in some way. But that shit was awesome, dude. Like, he starts blasting the big guy. Fucking Barry Prime's like, oh, god damn it. And then he races around, does a lap real quick. So he's charged up. And then they're both blasting this guy at the same time. So fucking good. But very abruptly, Keaton goes, I'm going to take out the big ship. Like, I'm going for the big guy. And he shoots it with everything he's got. Force field comes up. And then they have a retaliatory strike and take him down and it damages his ejector and he can't get out at the exact same time we cut to Kara was pounding the shit out of Zod's face and he's like now melded into the side of their crash she has like ship, some like a, a you know? big pipe and she keeps hitting yeah, him she's like the beating head. the fuck out of him and he's just sinking farther into this fucking big hunk of metal and um he gets one hand free and that fucking Wolverine spike comes out and runs right through her. And at the same time, uh, Bruce is like, I'm going down, but I'm not going alone. And he fucking kamikazes into one of their ships. And they both die instantaneously. And I just went, what? There was like no setup for it. And she just slumps over after one thing. Like one stab, and he breaks free, and Feoric brings over the fucking thing to get the codex out, and they shove it through her chest, you know? Young Barry sees it, runs back like, she's dead, and fucking Barry Prime is like, they both are. This is the moment where I was like, okay, now I'm on board, and I'm going to make the joke you would make. You'd be like, yeah, because I'm an asshole who just wants to see them get murdered. (laughs) Over and over again. No, that's where I'm okay, because I'm like, okay, now the point I understand is not about winning this battle. Because I already know what's going to happen. He's going to go back in time. And they can't do this again because it's already been done in their movie and other movies. They can't go back and win because we've already done that. So it's just going to be him going back and failing multiple times. And I'm like, that's neat. That's an interesting, like, there are infinite universes and multiple dimensions take where, again, it doesn't make sense if you have infinite universes because you should be able to just go to the one where your mom lived and Zod died and Superman. Like, that should exist. But putting that aside... That's the neat story to tell where, like, for whatever reason, it's futile. And you trying to fix this just keeps making it worse and worse and worse. And, like, exactly. Because if you just jump to the other universe, then it's like, oh, it's over. Cool. That's 20 minutes. But that, but it, that undermines the whole movie. And so that's kind of, that's, in my mind, a strike against the movie. But well, set if, that aside. If you watch, like, the... I love watching Honest Trailers. I've talked about this before. If you watch the one for Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. there's a joke. They're like, get ready to explore the multiverse. And it shows... No, not that movie. No, not that one. No, not that one. No, not that one. No, get ready to explore the multiverse. And it shows like all the crazy shit that him and uh, America Chavez are falling through, all these crazy things. And then when it ends the montage, he goes, for one scene. Because the rest of the movie takes place in that one world that they've landed yeah. in. Which is basically your complaint here. Yeah, and that's not that's not uncommon because there are a lot of like time travel movies that do that. Within. And kind of what we talked about in Fury of the Gods with, with Shazam was like, you you went through all the doors for a second and then you just stayed in one. Like, we got all the possibilities of the magic lands, you know? Yeah, and it's lazy. And you can do it a more... Um, Sexy way. Well, yeah, and a more interesting version of that same thing. And I can't remember it. I guess it would be like Endgame. You're saying these separate universes don't matter, but we've come up with a neat way for it to 
play into our universe that we have to save. But then a villain from one of those universes comes over. Yeah. And that's not the first time it's been done because they do that in other like, <laughs> the one that comes to mind immediately is ridiculous, but it's the last action hero where the villain comes <laughs> out of the movie into the world. But I mean, that's a common thing. We're like, oh, we brought someone back and we shouldn't have. Yeah. And now that threatens the main universe that you care about because that's your universe. And this doesn't quite have it. This is just like, we're arbitrarily in this universe because we've picked it, I guess. Well, because we've, we've found the one where, oh shit, they actually survived. There's this happy family. And then it's like, all right, well, how do I... Honestly, the dumb thing, I immediately thought of this on my third viewing. The monster dumps him out of the chrono bowl and he winds up in front of his house. You know, it's, it's the 18-year-old Barry's house. I immediately thought of that other YouTube series, How It Should Have Ended. And I guarantee 100% that when that video comes out for this movie, he's going to get dumped out of the Chrono Bowl in front of his house. He's just going to run fast and go back in. To back to the Chrono Bowl? Yeah, yeah. because the, there's no reason to stay. Until he lost his powers, like everything up to that point was a mistake. He knew he shouldn't have interacted with his parents. He knew he shouldn't have interacted with his younger self. He shouldn't have done any of that. He should have, oh my God, there's another me. And then he should have run away yeah. and gone back to the Chrono Each Bowl. one of those things he did, he didn't have to keep doing more things past that. Like, oh, he wanted to see your mom. Okay, there's me. Okay, now leave. Yeah. Don't go assault yourself. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go hide you from your parents. Just go back to where you came from. Because you're the one who got there. Just because the guy threw you out doesn't mean you can't go back there. And it's funny because I say the thing that I want is just like a way, a movie that's more The Flash and Michael Keaton. That's what I want more of. Yeah, yeah. But you only get that. But you're like, some, none of this is necessary. But you, <laughs> have, to have, you have to have some, yeah, you have to have some stupid multiverse stuff to get there. Yeah. Otherwise, they would never get any of this stuff in a movie at all. Yeah. You wouldn't get the cool Supergirl and Michael Keaton and Zod or any of that. Yeah. But it's also not important. So to cut back to this moment in the film, they're both dead, and young Barry, who's new at the superhero shit, has not had to face any loss in his life, freaks out. He gets really emotional, races off. He's like, you're not fast enough yet. You can't yeah, yeah, break to the Barry crowd. Barry's like, oh my God, you, you, you can't do this. You're not going to be able to pull this off, right? And so he catches him. And then they're both in the Chrono Bowl, and they're seeing the time travel shit together in this you know, weird Coliseum layout. They're both like, okay, do you know what you're going to do different? I know what I'm going to do. All right, cool. And then they both go off. Bruce goes, I'm going to take out the big guy. And he goes, he's got fucking uh, shields up. Don't do it. And he's like, roger that. And he flies above him, does a high pass. And then uh, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to take out this fucker on the ground. He's like, yes, please. Big, big space alien guy. Take him out, right? <laughs> and uh, conversely, Kara is stepping to Zod. And instead of letting her just beat the shit out of him into this object, young Barry does the little cyclone trick that we saw earlier. He's just running circles around Zod. And Kara sees this and's like, oh, cool, like a diversion. So mm -hmm. she flies in and punches him and flies in, punches him, and does this thing until he just sort of like... That's a sweet like meditation zen moment. moment of yeah. like, yeah, relax, focus your senses, and you see her coming from there. Yeah. Which is great because Zod is their military leader on Krypton. So like he, he's the guy who's going to know how to fight, not just have the powers, mm -hmm. you know? And he catches her anyway. And, and, and it great way too because like when she flies through he steps back he takes his arm and like slams her downward mm -hmm. um, so uses her own momentum against her in the very actually Batman kind of way like when he's fighting a, a Bane or a Killer Croc or something you know uh, really cool move and so he knocks her down again cut back to Keaton 
and he's blowing up the big guy on foot. You know, he had, we see this awesome eject from the, the plane, right? He comes down, and uh, he puts a little timer bomb on the back of this guy, kind of reminiscent when he blew up that clown mm-hmm. in Returns. But he puts a little timer bomb on the guy's chest, and then he flips to his backside, and it but blows he's up. kind of getting the shit kicked out of him at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he puts the, the timer bomb on the guy's back, and he flips to his front, and it blows up again, you know, and it's doing this just fucking awesome Batman shit. Yep. I fucking love it. It's so good to see this version of Batman do this awesome shit. Yeah. I mean, it's some of the coolest Batman shit we've seen regardless yes. from anyone fucking Arkham shit you know it's yeah, just that's exactly what I actually so I good. thought that in the first fight scene under, under yeah. in the silo I was like oh, yeah. this is like Arkham because yeah. he's like using the grapple to pull a guy close and clotheslining him and then jumping over and like yeah, dude. oh I gotta pick my gadget for this move and like this is real Batman so then in this scene you get the because I had the same thought you did like wow they killed those two characters with no fanfare or anything and then they do it again, and this time they get like the dramatic death of like, it's okay, Barry, I got your back. Well, yeah, he so he he takes down the big fucker, and then he's he's standing there, and you know as, they, as the camera moves closer to Batman, he's kind of got that proud moment like fuck yeah, and then he sort of like drops to his knees, so he lays on his back. Barry Prime runs up to him, and he's like, no, no, I can bring you back. Batman goes, you already did, kid, or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, that's fucking great. And this is when. I mentioned earlier, there's a callback. He uses the exact same words that were Affleck's last words on screen uh, when he asked, time. "You want to, you want to get a bite?" Mm. You know, and I was like, "Why did he say it that way? That's weird." And so in this moment, he's all bloodied up and is dying, and he says, uh, "Not this time, kid. Maybe some other time." And in this context, he's talking about the time travel and the you know, multiverse and all that shit. So it was perfect for him to say that. And they were talking about those weird intersections where some things just will be the same. Mm-hmm. And so I really liked that. Um, I did, and because of that moment where he realizes that this is going to keep happening and there's nothing he can do mm-hmm. and the young Barry won't accept it. That is a neat moment. Again, it's undermined by the movie arbitrarily picking what things have to keep happening and what things don't have to keep happening. Well, one mentioned at, the, at this moment, they cut back and Kara does die. And hers is very unceremonious too. In this, like we kind of see from a distance, she gets shanked again and they immediately sh- stick that other thing on her. This reminds me of something else where there's a movie like that where somebody time travels and keeps seeing the death or something like that, but you see it from different angles. Mm. I can't remember what it is though. But yeah, so they both die a second time. I would say hers was more maybe more significant the first time his was more significant the second time but i'm a big crier in movies and, and just in general sw- I, i've walked in a few times i didn't want <laughs> to say anything just weeping yeah and like are you ready for practice yeah it's yeah, a yeah, i'm good but but the food commercial why are you crying yes exactly <laughs> so that's sarah mclaughlin's song but they kill my childhood hero in front of my eyes. That made me happy knowing that you were going through that. That never happened in the other movies, right? And they, they're doing it. And I've talked about in other movies before, like, if they just had the balls to commit to, right? And in this one, they did it in such a way where it almost felt like they cut some shit out or something where I was mm-hmm. like, wait, you just fucking killed... What? Because it just happened, like another thing that happened. I'm like, what? Huh? And then even when he had his fucking like, his dying words, and in that moment, props to Keaton on an uh, believable death scene, like well acted. But like, I I just uh, you want to get I nuts? Let's uh, get. get. <sighs> yeah. No, I just didn't feel anything. Because you've also now in that moment realized that none of this matters. 
Yeah, Your by that point. Your brain has realized that. Yeah, because the first time is he dies off screen, you know. It's a little. He blows up. It's a little like shocking. And you're like, huh, did they, huh, really, you know? But that was all. It was like, really? And not like, oh, my God. And if I, anyone was going to have that reaction, it'd be me. And, it, and I'm like, no. man, if you're not selling this to me, geez, <laughs> you know. And so that happened, and then they, they go back, and they're in the Chrono Bowl again. And Barry Prime is like, fuck, dude, we can't fix it. We can't keep This is one of those, this is the spaghetti, you know. Like, we can't undo it. And young Barry's like, fuck this, I have to do it. And you at know? this and, point, he's also got and, the first, like, uh, Kryptonian shrapnel on his arm, and now he's using it as a weapon. Yeah, because they... Uh, the big Russian guy from Superman 2, the version of him in this movie. <laughs> Gets him with the blade. Right, right, right. I think it's when um, Keaton dies. Then it's both flashes. Like, oh my God, they're both dead again. Because that guy gets and up. His that, bombs aren't going to yeah, kill then, that guy. And then the guy gets up after Batman blew up his head, but it didn't actually do it. Just knocked him out. So he gets up. Oh, this is when they do the double emperor yeah. and blast the fool. Because he's like, why are you doing this? It doesn't matter. We can just go back. He's like, fuck you. You know? And so he's like, fine, I'll race around. I'll charge up. And the both blast him. And then he explodes. And as his armor and body parts, <laughs> shrapnel going everywhere, Prime yells, Phase! And we watch all the shrapnel go through him. And then it cuts to young Barry, who's kind of doing it, but he gets hit with this big fucking thing in his arm. And then when Feora comes over and starts trying to kill him, he's like swinging defensively and accidentally shanks her with it. And I'm like, oh! I've got a fucking, which by the way, how bad would that hurt? Oh my God. Yeah. To stab someone with something that was stabbed into you? Yeah, it would be Woo! like a mutual thing. But yeah, he does it. And then in the Chrono Bowl, Young Barry keeps going out and Prime stays. He's like, I'm not doing this shit. He keeps coming back with more shit sticking out of him. He's like, this world is doomed. We can't do anything for it. Exactly. And at this point, we start to see... You mean this world? You just created two worlds right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not this world. Does that mean every time you do this, it's a different world? So why are there, these rules don't make sense. But in this moment, I was like, okay, I like this. And then we see these other Chronobol intersections happening. And... Um, this, it's like blowing a hole out the side of theirs and they could see these other ones that are starting to collide and we see the original George Reeves Superman in black and white and then it cuts down There's to a his flash. flash yeah which I, I, I don't watch The Flash but from what I understand he's like the young or he's the old fashioned Barry Allen from The Flash TV show but the original um, but that guy's a different guy altogether that Flash the Flash with the lightning bolt helmet oh, he is. is okay. just a different guy Guy. But it's that right. actor from the show. Got it. I think the next one was... Christopher Reeves, Superman. Yeah, yeah. We see the silhouette, and I think it's Cavill. And it, when the, the light comes onto his face, it's Chris Reeve. And I I instantly started weeping the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, my God! Cause like, uh, that was I, neat. I liked I, it. I've never seen... I mean, and then you can see his Supergirl too, and I was like, "Yeah," which I honestly I never saw that movie, but I saw it as um, a kid, so like I have the context for it. You know, like, oh, yeah. okay, Supergirl here, Supergirl there. Yeah, I recognize her. I thought that was very nice, but like, I grew up on the first two Superman movies, and that was that was incredible. That was a spoiler alert for Star Wars fans if you're way behind. But that was a Rogue One Leia moment for me of like oh my god holy shit they brought her back like and that part of me was like oh my god they brought him back that's creepy <laughs> see that a little part of me that hit me way more than 
Michael Keaton dying on screen, his real his real performance, which is a good performance, but just the way they contextualized it didn't sell it. And then they saw showed him. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. Because you think it's gonna be Cavill, which fucking you goddamn fucking pricks are just. We did. We did like see a, him earlier. It's in, like a personal the, thing to him. In the Chronicle, oh, we saw him with his shirtless punching when they. Bring yeah, him back you to see life. his horrible fucking CGI rendered mustacheless face, and then it, <sighs> earlier you see him flying around from a distance from behind on the news. You know, when Alfred's like, "Yeah, Superman's otherwise occupied," but like, how dare you fucking keep using his goddamn likeness? And like, you learn nothing after Shazam. You learn nothing after Shazam. What the fuck, man? Like, the, it's it's just it's so upsetting. So we see all these different versions. We see Adam West briefly. It's like a still. Yeah. And we hear his voice and Cesar Romero's voice as the Joker. Then it keeps moving and it pans to another world. We see an, an obscured by the dark Superman. You can't quite tell. As it and gets closer, it gets, you see the long hair. You see the long hair and then gets blasted by this big spider thing and you're like oh my god are they doing and sure enough he blasts his way out he blows the fucking thing up and it's Nick Cage and at the early screening I'm telling you the loudest applause I've ever seen for a movie reveal in a theater was for Nick Cage not for Michael Keaton it was for (laughs) Nick Cage because that was Tim Burton's movie written by Kevin Smith that everyone knows about but it never got made and we've seen the test photos or whatever and that's it and the fact that they actually made it real is genius. It was funny. I was laughing. It's it, fantastic. Yeah. I love it every time. It was both very cool. Yeah. This whole scene was effective on me because it, now it's like, now it's like I don't care about whatever this movie story is. I'm just look at these cool things. This is neat. Yeah. But also, I'm like, you drew my attention away from your movie to maybe think about Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West, no. Yes, no. That was supposed to be the actual climax. Of I that know, movie. but then it became in Wild Wild West. Like that's what that producer went on to go sure. do. So that's what like you've now made me. Oh I, right. I'm now I'm not thinking. They reuse the idea. Yeah, I'm not thinking of your movie. I'm thinking of Wild Wild West. <laughs> that's What's funny. The- and was that the last of the cameos? I'm trying to remember now. In that, I think so because that's when they start smashing together. Scene. Right. Yeah. Then they all start colliding, and we see. Superman and Supergirl just like look at each other and watch as it happens. <laughs> Do nothing. But uh, supposedly they actually had archive footage of Reeve that they had used for that. Mm. And I was talking to somebody about it and he's like, then why do they make him look like a CGI jelly monster? And I was like, maybe to look as weird as everything no, else happening? No, I don't such, fucking know. No, because like, it's... I was split because the whole part shit of me, looks weird. Yeah, I was split because part of me was weird. like, "This is really neat. I'm enjoying this, even though this is so strange." But Cage I appreciate looks you. real. No, he didn't. He looked. No? He looked fake to me. Every one of these people looked like all the Chrono Bowl people did. There, where they all look like they look like Robert Zemeckis CG. And I mean that even like the better version. Like I've never seen Polar Express, but I've seen parts of it, and I <laughs> yeah. get the whole like it's weird and dead eyed. Yeah. But like Beowulf was kind of a cool movie, and because the whole movie exists like that. You accept that this is what humans look like in this world. You accept that like sure. everyone looks kind of not quite real, even though it's like Angelina Jolie. She looks like a weird, whatever, octopus monster, jellyfish monster, whatever. But that's what they look like in this too. Where I was like, I was both taken aback by the emotion of seeing Christopher Reeve, Reeves, mm-hmm. Reeve, George Reeves, Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve. I was taken aback by it, but also going like, oh, that's like a weird, uncanny valley, yeah, recreation of that dead guy, yeah. 
It's just, well, and part of it, the, it hit me so hard, too, because I, I'm under the assumption that anything I'm seeing right now may very well be improved on the later final version of the movie, right? Uh-huh. And so, like, I had three different experiences watching this movie. The first one, I was fully bought in. There's a lot of excitement in that room. It was an excellent experience, top to bottom. Second time I saw it, it was weeks later, now painfully aware of the flaws of this movie because now I'm seeing it more objectively, right? The excitement is past. Yeah, yeah, you know what you're in for and you know where the story's going to take you. And so you're, yeah, just, you're just waiting you're for just the scenes going, you like, like, trying to get through the scenes like, you don't Boy, like. this dialogue isn't great in this part, is it? You know, and, um, and like, oh, they didn't fix the effects. And huh. And so then I'm starting to get this like tally as I'm going. I'm like, oh, geez, this that too. seems like kind of a calculated you know, move, though, to show it early and say, it's not finished, guys. So anything that uh, seems yeah. like it might not be good, don't worry about that. Exactly. That's, that's on the plate. Second time. Go tell people how good this is. was like, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's some problems here. And then um, third time. It was sort of like I went to see Birds of Prey, the premiere, and was like, what the fuck is this bullshit, you know? I had my own ideas of what I thought I was about to see, you know? And then, like, when I saw it again, I'm like, right, Harley is a fucking cartoon. Like, Harley is a ridiculous character, and everything that happens around her is nonsense. And if I can, like, know now what I'm going into, like, okay... I can accept these things and enjoy this ride for what it is, not what I think it should be. And so the third time I watched it, that's what it was of like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm down. And I'm in between my initial ratings. You know, I can appreciate the thought process beyond that. But for me, it's like the opposite of that. Well, because like, you're not a big uh, uh, <laughs> fucking autistic rewatch a movie a million times guy like I am. No. And so I watch a movie like twice in five years. I'm like, that was too soon. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Why did I watch it again? <laughs> Need to wait until I'm another generation older. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely a, a, a rewatch a movie kind of guy, like a lot of times. And so now I know when I see that movie, I'm just going to feel the same about it as I do at this point. Uh-huh. Because there's, there's sort of a, a hump to me to challenge your initial expectations and whether it lives up to that or whether it does something completely different or in my brain there's always know. a person who's like wow i got to watch a movie sure and batman's in it yeah fuck yeah N- neat i'm not at work i think this show has a good enough track record about being fair and objective and insanely detailed about the things that we talk about that i can say to some extent i am the guy you're talking about but, wow, look at this thing these I people think made. about it a lot more critically than that, yeah, too. Because, but I could also be sitting quietly on my couch. I think... With I your thoughts? Oh, God. I think I would enjoy that more at this moment. Oh, God, no. I could be taking a nap. Okay, no. I could be eating nachos. I could be doing all these other things. You could be eating nachos and watching the film. I mean, that sounds like a great time. You know, you have to pick a lane. You're not living <laughs> your life if you're, like, torn between these different things you're doing. <laughs> This okay. now I understand you better. I get your problems. You can't. Right. Yeah. I was on my phone the whole time in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at this point? Uh, the worlds collide, and and this is what it's like. What? what? <laughs> you ready? And, when that uh, song came on, I was like, okay, you've won me back, pop songs. I love this use of music. So there are little nods in this film, like the yellow headphones that are reverse flash motifs that young Barry wears. In this moment, we get the reveal of like, 
Young Barry runs off to try to change it again. And that big fucking monster comes through. Somehow, with his powers of electricity, suspends Flash in the air like he's bound. <laughs> he's, he's bound and chained by the electricity. He's old at this point, so um, he's been doing this a very long time. Yeah, he's very skilled, and um, he's leveled up a lot of times. He's about to kill him, and this is when young Flash returns. He sees what's going on. You know, this is this moment, I guess, when it was just the two of them. It's like, like, who are you? And it's like, I have lived so many lives. And it's like, that's not an answer. What the fuck? Right? And then <laughs> young Flash sees that um, the guy's about to run him through while he's, while he's bound. And so he human shields himself. But they do have a whole dialogue about yeah, like, but they have a whole thing of like, blah, blah. but no, I still can. I can almost do yeah. it, right? Um, Isn't it and crazy it, how I started this whole thing? I, I brought pushed you, you here out, to you know, start this, and you're inevitable. the one thing in my way. Yeah, and so he has this um, whole thing where you're like, okay, this is actually mirroring mirroring the obsession that we saw in Young Flash, and maybe that's. I'm uh, a real smart guy, so I knew it right away. I don't really know anything about the Flash besides. These I don't know. Movies. I just can. I, um, I can like pick up on cues and. I, so you saw that monster thing earlier, and you're like, "Oh, that's the Flash." In the future, the first time they showed him, you just knew that that's what it was. Because it's a time travel movie. Got it. I've seen enough. I've read um, enough stories about time travel. I do. I wasn't like I'm certain of it, but I'm pretty sure. And then as soon as I think they did a good job of even when his shit started falling off his face, I, you can't recognize his face. You only recognize the scar. As soon as Young Barry got the spike in his arm, I was like, "Okay, got it." Yeah. Okay, he's just gonna keep. He'll. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is a scene where I was appreciating. I love Ezra Miller's emotional performances as Barry Prime. I love Ezra Miller's performances as the funny young dumbass. And now he's playing three fucking characters in the same scene. Ezra Miller is a good this actor. He's red. And a very good actor. Um, young Flash runs between them, human shields himself, gets stabbed. By this reverse flash monster thing. The evil flash is what we'll call him. Okay. Then he starts to fucking disintegrate because he just killed his younger self. Barry Prime is like, I could save him. Like, well, no, I can't. I can't fix this because you're, this is the only way to out. How do we get back to reality at this he point? He goes, Oh, I have to kill my mom, basically. He comes to that realization. I have to go undo what I just did. Oh, right. To and start that, the that's movie. Why, that's why young Flash kept going back and back. He's like, no, I know what you're going to do. You're going to go back and kill mom. You yeah. know? And he's like, look, you have to take comfort in knowing that she is out there alive in some universe, just not for us. Like Your there's universe also, is dying there's today. There's also a thousand universes where she's being tortured. Sure. So take comfort in yeah, the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take comfort in all the possibilities. Everything you could imagine. Good and bad. She winds up with Nick Cage as Superman in one of these. <laughs> she is Superman. Yeah, there there's you at go. least a million infinite universes where she's Superman. So, uh, maybe it's Back to the Future that I'm thinking of, where he witnesses him get shot, but then he comes back and then like, was that the third one? He, he yeah, he warned Doc Brown, so he had a little shield on to protect himself from getting killed. The Old West one. It's the first one because oh. he tells him the Libyans are going to kill him. He's like, I don't want right. to know anything about right. it. Right. So Back to the Future one. Right, right, right. Yeah, he sees him get shot from a distance. No. So here, the other berries are gone. I can just say Barry. So here, Barry decides he has to go back and undo what he's done. And so he goes back to that store. He dresses in some off-the-rack clothes to disguise himself. Peeking around the corner, he actually sees his flash self reach through the nothing, you know, like the BVS Lois is the key, you know, like he pops through. Which, by the way, I still, after all of these movies, do not recognize, besides his voice, Ezra Miller 
in that BVS scene for a moment. Is that he looks like Michael Pena or something? Like he looks <laughs> like, like some random in person. this movie with the Mexican mom. He does not look Mexican in that scene for whatever reason. He does. He's like his facial hair was different. His whole face is covered. And I'm like, who is that guy? It's so weird. Even in the Suicide Squad cameo, Gold. after that, he looks flash. like himself. But yeah, that one, it just I, it never looked right. And so we see him come through and put the soup can in there. And we hear him repeat the words, see you soon. Don't forget the sauce, mom, whatever. And then uh, Barry's got to walk around and take that out of the cart. And so he sees her grab the cereal makes strikes up some conversation. You know, oh, I used to love that when I was a kid, you know. And then... Um, she could see he's visibly upset behind his stolen sunglasses with the tags on. I guarantee Honest Trailers is going to be like, you know. And we finally see a Flash movie where you get to see all his superhero crying. Because he cries a lot of times <laughs> in this movie. But This scene was ruined for me. R- really? Yeah, because... So going into this movie, I knew all this stuff about Ezra Miller. We'll say allegations, but it seems like they are... I think some of it's on video. Yeah, st- strong allegations. <laughs> and these, I, like, I, honestly, I don't even remember the details because it happened a year or two ago. The so. allegations are like grooming a 12-year-old, starting a cult, assaulting multiple yeah, people in different scenarios, and, breaking into their homes and threatening them. Yeah. Just like, and I mean, you could say like, oh, maybe if you were uh, an actor. Starting a cult, I think. Yeah, starting a cult where like babies were chewing on bullets or something. These are all the alleged things. And oh the, right, uh, right. The, the, yeah, there was in su- like living in such squalor that they found a baby playing with a fucking and yeah, so live. Round. I could even if I'm going to be like an empathetic, thoughtful human, like oh, I could see like you're an if actor you're gonna, if you're going to cosplay this role. No, 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 no. You're you're an actor, so you're like sort of a probably like a self-important, self-absorbed person. You think you're special, and now you're going to be a big superhero in one of the biggest movies of all time, and it's just one clusterfuck after another, and now here's your big chance to be a big superstar, and it's just nothing is working, so now you're off the rails and you're whatever. I could see how a person becomes messed up, I guess is what I mean to say. Okay, yeah. Just, I mean, if the point is Hollywood chews up people and makes them crazy, then sure, yeah. Yeah, but so going into this, I knew that, and I was like, I guess I'm supporting this person, but... I mean, you, movies- you drink one baby's blood, and you got to have another... <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Endgame. I don't judge people by their worst mistakes, oh. which is not a good line because sometimes that is how we judge people rightly. Yeah, by a jury of their peers. Yeah. But so going into this, I was like, okay, except that movies are made by a bunch of people. You can watch it. You know, It's not just supporting them. You're supporting but whatever. But in this scene where I was like, wow, this is like some good emotional stuff and connecting with the mother, that's good. And then I was like, wow, these this person probably is like, yeah, I'm such a fucking awesome person that I can like, make people feel something connecting in the scene and then I'm just thinking like what a fucking asshole what a fucking <laughs> asshole that person is <laughs> like you have a so strange like, mindset in watching movies man. I was just like I now I'm no longer in this scene feeling the emotion I'm just like this egotist You're like this fucking guy this egotist is like, does it have to be you yeah yeah I so know I didn't feel anything I I imagine them going, cut, like, she was not on her mark. Can we do this again? I was really in the moment, and she was ruining it. Guys, this is my moment to shine. Okay, can we get our heads in the game, please? I, Mom, I'll always love you. I saw a post the other day. Somebody said, I've seen more backlash for Hallie, whoever, simply being black in The Little Mermaid than I have for Ezra Miller's actual crimes in playing the flash and i was like okay well may i direct you to the social media page for the flash because if you watch any one of those posts 
every single one of them is loaded with comments of like, won't be supporting, fuck this guy, he sucks, what a piece of shit, how is he not canceled, all this stuff. I simultaneously understand that, and also, that payment happened a long time ago. You're not giving money to that person. There are hundreds of people who work on a film like this also. I just don't really see... Like, separation to a degree is important. Like, I like a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> I'm not going to hang out with him. what he said about my people? I'm not going to hang out with him, yeah. You're going to reward that kind of behavior and language? I don't like the guy. I like his characters. I, Mel you Gibson's know? great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I, I just... Like, I have a harder time... But he's with, a, with musicians than I do with actors, particularly like rappers. I don't listen to Nas anymore after he, I'm sure I've talked about this, but you know, has this big heartfelt album where he's all vulnerable and open about his divorce and all this shit, right? And then like a few years go by and his ex starts talking about him like beating the fuck out of her and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, that's a convenient thing to leave out of your fucking life story that yeah. you've been telling us, right? And you're out there portraying yourself and you're getting us to like yourself for your values and that i have a hard time with you're a bad or like kanye west you know i don't like you therefore if you out there being you is not appealing to me however an actor that sucks pretending he's somebody else i can it's, like the character yeah it, you know, no, and i mean i it's easier for me to buy into it's that it's easier to do it but it's the same thing it's like you're going like you're a piece of shit i know it now i didn't know it before and now I don't want to give you money. Sure, and I get the vote with your dollar thing. I really do. A lot of people had that hang up, yeah. and I just didn't. It's just like, this guy sucks. I'm and then the movie starts, and it's like, oh, the character. Well, yeah, I'm a bad enough person, you know? but I could put that aside for the course of this movie. But in that moment, I was like, oh, you suck. Yeah. And I don't care about this. To me, that's like the best, maybe the best scene in the movie, honestly. I, like, it could have been. I'm watching this. If and it was played by a CG Hale jo Haley Joel Osment, I would have been like, yeah. His mom's performance is so good in this scene where she's like, I know I'm just a strange lady in the store, but would you like a hug? And, and you know, and, and, and like, who is your mom? I, I wonder if I know her. And he's just like, she is the best, most thoughtful, blah, blah, blah. And she has just this like sweet smile. And it's like, you should tell her that. Moms love to hear that sort of thing. And like, my mom is alive. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, my mom and, is not alive. And I was like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the scene was great. Me. And then he, as she's comforting him, her hand is on his face. He uses his, his powers, you know, to, to dart around, pull the can out. He stuffs it in his side pocket, you know. Loose, I love you. Loose I love pocket. you more. I yeah. love you first. And he says all the lines to himself because he can't really say it to her. And it's heartbreaking because like, there's definitely enough here that you know what he's doing but I think there could have been a, just a little bit more even for these emotional scenes where he first goes back and he puts the can in there. Like he's seeing his mom for the first time alive, like right before his eyes. Like I think that could have been an emotional beat as well. Hang on, that a little longer. More than it was. Shave off the stupid roommates who we never see again. I mean, I like the burping part, but otherwise, yeah, they can go. What was the, the tattoo joke? It was Eric Stoltz from Back to the Future. Uh, oh, Marty McThigh. He's oh, like, yeah. that's not my thigh. He's like, is it? And pulls his like, yeah. Anyway, those, those guys can go away. But yeah, I think they could have made that, seeing her for the first time, be really, really special. And I mean, I mean, he played it well. But then in this one, because we had the spectacle of the other flashes dying in, in the Corona Bowl and all that, then we cut back to, okay, now we're going back to fix the wrongs that we made, right? 
But I think it could be underscored here that he's killing her. And his emotional state is very moving to me. Each time I saw it, it fucking hit me, man. It's just really, really powerful. You're a sucker. Oh, yeah, man. Once I hit like 30, it's just like, yeah, I will cry at a commercial. You're not even making shit up when you say that. I um, will remember <laughs> you. And so... You don't get it. His wife got him that Dodge. It's been in the garage. And the daughter cleaned it up, and they're going to go for a drive. Dude, honestly, that scene in the middle where the berries are fighting in the bat cave, and uh, he's like, you use monkey as a dartboard. He's like... Mom buys us all kinds of monkey shit. What are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, right. Totally different experiences. And like that hit me for a moment because like I have fucking like a super mom, one of the most supportive people you could ever imagine to the extent that it's like my mom has given me so many gifts. It would be hard for me to remember like on my birthday, what did she give me on my last birthday? She's just so over the top with, all the supportive, thoughtful uh-huh. things, right? And in that moment... Why don't you write a song about when it? When he's like, yeah, uh, maybe I have. And he's like, you fucking take everything for granted. You don't even know what you have and all that stuff. And it's like, even as someone who who knows that and I'm like vocally appreciative of all these things, that part still really hit me of like, God, I am this asshole who just like has it really good though, you know, in this in this particular way. It just really hit me. And then we see him, he says goodbye to her you know, in real time again. And they both part ways. He looks at the camera and he goes, speed on. (laughs) He walks over to put the can of tomato sauce back on the shelf where it came from because he's a good person. And he puts his own carts away when he's finished shopping, motherfuckers. (laughs) But he's putting it back on the shelf where it properly goes because he's a good person in this character version. (laughs) And he looks at the shelf and he looks up at the surveillance video that we had seen in his dad's parole hearing that his dad's standing there at the shelf and he pulls the can off the middle shelf and walks away. And because um, of his actually, hat, we saw it at home on the Wayne provided security footage because of in his preparation of the parole. Hat, we never saw him uh, in his face. Now, one could say that all the bagged evidence of the fucking exact clothes he was wearing might help. But cut back to... His apartment, present the grocery day. store doesn't have cameras over the registers or at the registers. Yeah, I don't if know. If you have cameras in the aisle by the tomato sauce. Yeah, I don't know. But he's uh, back to present day in his regular ass apartment. He's like, oh my God, I'm back. Like Everything looks normal. He sees a note from Iris. Didn't know where you went. Good luck at the hearing. Oh shit. Races down there. He steals a hot dog from the director's mouth and a cameo like his younger self did in an earlier scene when he first got his powers walks into the court late and we see this thing play out and we think we know how it's going to go because we never see anything happen when he's in the store. We just see him put the can back, look up at the camera, and then it's like, oh yeah, we're back to the trial. And uh, you saw this coming because that's just what you do. I didn't. For a second, I had like a weird, like, and then I was like, well, this is, that's stupid. That, that's too weird and dark. I was like, it's going to be him who was on the camera the whole time. And his dad did kill his mom. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, and then a moment later, I was like, you idiot. It <laughs> makes no sense. And so they show the, the video, and we think we know what it's going to see cause, uh, or what it's going to show because we've already seen it. His dad's on it, and he never looks up. But in this case, he's looking. It's not there. He looks up, and the sauce is on the top shelf. And his dad is exonerated. This is another moment that they missed. Did they cut it? I don't know. 
but his dad is finally free. That's the entire point of this movie is to save his parents. And he couldn't save one. He can save the other. Celebratory moment. Barry walks out alone. His dad is no longer incarcerated. He's inside somewhere, um, <laughs> hanging out with his lawyer, getting high fives. And then Barry's just outside, and the press swarms around him. Hey, how do you feel? What happened in there? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, the, the spaghetti and the blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what the fuck did you just say? And he just walks by. Iris takes him away. No more questions, you know. And they're standing out there. And I'm like, where is your dad? And then, and then Iris is like, uh, you know, maybe you should ask me out sometime. And he's like, yeah, I'm all awkward again and goofy like I was in the beginning of the movie. And then his phone rings and it's Bruce Wayne. And I'll tell you how it ended at the early screening. Okay. okay. So his phone rings and it's Bruce Wayne. And uh, you, it was Kevin Conroy's. Yes, yeah, dude. I thought of that. I'm like, oh my God, what if, you know, talk about if you were going to bring somebody back or to give people a treat come for on. a special limited screening. Come on. You're be like, you'll never believe this. That's not, that didn't happen. It happened. Yeah, yeah, right. Or at least just use his voice. You know, he takes the call. It's Bruce Wayne. I'm going, who's. Is that Ben's voice? I can't hear it well enough. No, and I wasn't I, in this I movie. think that's intentional. But I was like, whose voice is that? And then the fancy car pulls up. You're like, oh, shit. And the, the press runs over to the car. You see the door open and a foot on the ground. Fancy shoe, fancy suit, fancy socks. You're like, oh, my God. It cuts back to Barry's face. And he goes, who the fuck is this? And then it hard cuts to directed by Angie Muschietti and... Ends. I'm talking in two seconds ends. We see the, the text for a second and it's uh, over. And they're like, that's it. I'm like, okay. And so I'm like <laughs> texting people like, what the fuck? Who, who is it? Like what? And, and so I'm like, all right, I see they're doing the early screenings to did build you the to, hype. Did you have to pay for this? No, okay. actually. Which when I got there, I was like, wait, they just let us in? Like, I was going to say, this seems fuck? like a trick to get it's you amazing. to pay for it again. But I guess this is a trick to get you to pay for it once. Honestly, from the undersold theaters that I was in this weekend, I think they did too many of those. Oh, too many! All too many who early screenings who saw it free. Yeah, I heard this movie did worse than Black Adam. Jesus Christ! It had a worse opening. That's probably because of Ezra backlash. Yeah. Well, and honestly, people just fed up with DC because they just always they always pull this shit like I'm about to describe. Finally, saw the real version on Thursday. The foot, the press. And then through the press walks Val a Kilmer. bearded George Clooney. That's not nice. He doesn't look great these days. He's in poor health. Um, I could have been a worse. <laughs> but, but we see a sharp-looking older George Clooney. Then we get the who the fuck is this? Sort of like, uh, you're not Bruce Wayne. Who are you? What the fuck? And Clooney's like, Barry, what's wrong with you? And then it cuts back, and he's just making this puzzled look on his face with his mouth half open. And then they CGI'd badly his tooth falling out, but it was the other tooth. And we didn't mention this gag in the oh, movie. Oh, it was the wrong when tooth? He gets, I yeah, didn't catch that. When he gets struck by lightning, when he loses his powers, one of his teeth falls out and goes down the, the hatch of the other berry because they both have their mouth open. And so we see that. He crazy glues it back in, so it's not a thing for the rest of the movie. Funny enough gag. But then in this scene, the opposite tooth falls out of his mouth and that's the end of the movie and I was like you're gonna make that fucking big reveal spoiler don't tell anybody a fucking joke with bad CGI and that's how you're gonna end this movie after this big emotional beat and you skip the part of his dad getting out what the fuck what the fuck are you thinking 
And then it cuts to the credits of the therapy dog falling. Because earlier we never saw how the dog lands. And I'm like, why is the dog... We never see him get caught. How does he end up there sitting on top of the microwave? So here we show his entire fall. And we see him eyeing the food. And we see Barry in the background. And it's very much Guardians 2 with Groot dancing while the battle happens in the background. Then there's a post credit scene with Aquaman. Barry's carrying his drunk ass out of a, a bar. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then when he face plants into that puddle, I genuinely laugh harder than half of the jokes in this movie. <laughs> and he just starts singing a song to himself in the gutter and tells Barry to run off and get more beer. And I realized on the third viewing, because I wasn't really watching all the text fly by, you know, mm. and all the credits, they give away their own post credit scene. One of the last things you see when you start paying attention, like, oh, it's almost over, is what? The music credits. Yeah, it's the song he's singing. Yeah. yeah. I'm a Sailor, performed by Jason Momoa, is the last fucking thing you see before it shows the company logos and no animals were harmed in this fucking, and then here's the scene. It's not hidden in the middle. It's fucking right there, clear as day. Like, are you kidding? How it's, are you guys this bad at this? Well, it's, it wasn't important anyway. It's a dead universe. They're like... Post-credit scenes were novel when they were teasing something. Yeah. Now it's just like... Well, yeah, but Aquaman 2 is still coming. Is it? Yes. If they got anything left to hype, it's that. Does that exist in this universe or yes. one of the other multiverses? This is, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, well, I, actually, I do think it was another one because he's like, so you're telling me there's a version of me that... Blah, you know." That's so. my point. Is George Clooney going to be the Batman in that universe? Or? <laughs> Fuck, yeah, I guess. But uh, it was upsetting that they played the closing bits for comedy. I liked the dog credits. That was funny. Keep that. But the other two bits just playing for a cheap joke was like, this movie is capable of so much more. Like, you've demonstrated it at times, and then you keep falling back on these Joss Whedon Justice League it's jokes. It's definitely, it's not just capable, but it's aspiring to be something more. It is, and I think that it works when young Barry is the source of the humor. And in other scenes where you're trying to be funny in a situational way and it's not goofy dumbass doing the joke, doesn't work. Doesn't work. A lot of the times, I think that's the problem. And when I first watched this, I was like, damn, you know, this is a genuinely funny movie. It doesn't feel like, you know, I haven't been a big fan of the last year or two worth of Marvel films. Guardians you know? 3 is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, because it felt like the old good shit. You know? It was better than the but, other movies. It's the best Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's my least favorite one, honestly, but I liked it a lot. It's um, better than the others by far. Number two is my favorite. Better than that. Cool. Well, I... Don't minimize my existence. <laughs> uh, yeah, better than that. Don't attack me. No, I haven't been a big fan of those movies. It felt like they just sort of they were repeating the formula without having anything to say. And this movie had something to say. It had some heart. And yet they kept forcing the jokes. They kept jamming them in there when they didn't need to be. You know, like the shovel gag and stuff. And it's just like, guys, by the time the punchline has existed, we've already realized, well, why didn't you just... It doesn't work, even in the moment. Why do you keep doing this? And so the end of the movie, to do the shit and double down on it, it's like... I don't know what you're thinking. Because these movies cost a huge amount of money, and there's a whole group of people whose job is just to manage the investment of money, and they're trying to follow a formula that will ensure a return. And part of the thing is like, 
We need jokes. People will not like this movie if there's not lots of jokes. And this is where our timeline deviates. After I watch this movie, I'm talking to Tom from the Bat Force. Well, because I, I know my friend Justin from Epic Film Guys, he's got all the inside track. He knows all these film people. He, he fucking hosted one of these screenings, you know. And he's aware of three endings that they filmed for this movie, which is not uncommon if you have a big secretive thing, you know. But he knew all of them. Yeah, to filmed it, not just like planned it, but actually filmed it. Yeah. So he was aware of them. I was like, don't tell me until I see the final cut, right? See the final cut. I'm talking to Tom. I was like, I, I kind of can't believe they did that. And he sends me a link. And it's from one year ago. It's on Reddit. And it's a full scene-by-scene plot breakdown. It was one of my guides for this conversation. It is 95% accurate, except for the last scene. So I can believe this coming out one year ago because they had all the other information right. Mm -hmm. As it's describing the outro... (laughs) Jesse Eisenberg walks up. Yeah, this is how they describe it. There's a happy ending, but we're not done. The same Mercedes-Benz from the beginning pulls up, the doors open, and it's Michael Keaton, not Ben Affleck, stepping out of the car. Then Supergirl shows up. Barry is very confused. Wait a minute, how are you here? I put the tomato can back. My mom died. How are you here? And then they said, maybe you can tell us what happened. That's the end of the movie. And then the post credit scene starts with Barry helping Aquaman drunk out of a bar. Barry says, wait here. He goes home, turns on his computer. There is Batfleck in the bat suit on the monitor. He says, Barry, you've got to help me. You changed the timeline. You've got to rescue me. And that is the real ending of the movie. So you fucking redeemed <laughs> Don't talk about me the like that. two essential characters that you were selling this whole fucking movie on. And based on the rumors from a while back that James Gunn and Peter Saffron cut Snyderverse cameos from this movie... And this year-ago fucking post that has everything else right, we can deduce that James Gunn said, well, wouldn't that be nice? But this universe is dead. Fuck you. But that also is a bad ending to me, so it doesn't matter. I care less about the Batfleck post-credits scene no, even just, uh, Michael than I Ke- do about the Keaton one. Keaton and Because um, Keaton was supposed to follow this with fucking Batgirl and they threw it in the trash. And my hope was that Stop shouting at me. Brendan Fraser won a fucking Oscar and completely turned his career around from years of obscurity. And Michael Keaton reprised his role as fucking Batman, and everybody's raving about he's the best part of this goddamn movie. Okay, guys, you wanna print some money? Fucking put it out! Yeah, that's, I'm okay with the idea of that. That's just also a bad ending. To go like... I don't like you. <laughs> I, yeah, you I was keep blown inviting me away here. by this. No, that's bad to me because you can't... And there's a photo of it. There was a set leak photo <laughs> of Keaton in that same fucking suit. No, that's bad. I mean, I did think when that was going to happen, I was like, oh, it's going to be Keaton in there and that'll just be the thing of just like, oh, this universe is it is Keaton. But to have it be like... Because it's over, it doesn't matter. Let him have it. No, but You're to have gonna it... You're going to make another movie. No, to have it be like... It's not just Michael Keaton as Batman. It's the Michael Keaton from the universe that you abandon and Supergirl from the universe you abandon and they remember it. That's bad. And then to not only do that, but then go, 
how did this happen? I don't know. You tell us. And then end. That's bad. Okay. And that's totally separate from the Batfleck thing. And I get it saying like, well, I don't want to do it because I'm not going to make any more of those movies, so we're not going to tease it. But all, that's just, that's worse than the Batfleck thing to me. If it was just like Michael Keaton gets out of there and goes, hey, kid. And then that's the end. Like, oh, so for whatever weird, like your rules don't make sense. So because of that, he's now the Batman of this universe too. That's cool. Sure. And what I will say is the events in this timeline on this Reddit post are accurate. No. The way they're described are often not. So it has like all the things that happen, and yet it'll be saying something happened in a way that it actually didn't. Like, like we learn that information in a different way than sure. what they explain uh-huh. because it's like third hand information or something. So I'm giving it a grain of salt that like it might not be a beat by beat telling it as as I read it, but the fact is he comes back at the end. They both come back at the end. Jesus Christ! It's just easy fucking math, guys. No. I get what you mean, and I get why you're upset and what you were, what was stolen from you. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was. But that's a that's, that's exactly just, what Tom said. Never forget <laughs> what was taken from us. That's a cool Supergirl, and I would love to see more of her. But it just again, it's it's uh, again, again, again. It is again. Unfortunately, because this movie is all a bunch of weird made up time travel stuff, and the coolest parts of it only come about because of that. They also don't matter, and you can't bring them back in that way. You could, again, arbitrarily, again, say, um, I'm just, I noticed that I say again a lot. That's why I'm saying that. We all say it on this show a lot. I, I noticed through editing. Yeah. It just can't be the people who were in the universe he just destroyed. But that gets to a bigger point that I guess I'll say in the. Well, here, since we're talking about this scene, when it cut off abruptly at the early screening, I went, oh my God. They fucking got Christian Bale. They fucking got Christian Bale and they're saving it. I can imagine Christian Bale being like, fuck off, mate. Well, no, his whole thing is he would only come back if it was Nolan. But guess whose same line was that? I would only come back if it was Tim Burton. Oh. For all those years. Mm. That's what he said. And so this worked. I'm like, oh my God, they fucking Spider-Man No Way Home does. They did it. Even if it's just for a second, I'd cream my jeans. That would be honestly... <laughs> That's better than the ending I just read to you. If it was Christian Bale, you know, like you said, well, it's not the same guy. That wouldn't. That's a little weird. Hey, Bruce, what's wrong with you? You know. Yeah, the excitement of seeing them is what makes the ending cool. It can't be like uh, what I complain about. But it would be like, perfect. Yeah. If if he showed up, and then there's a site which I encourage everyone to uh, unfollow as I did. Comic book resources posted one week I think before uh, release date. Final <laughs> cut of the Flash. Reportedly has cameo from George Clooney and Aquaman. I'm talking about an infographic. It's not even in the headline. It's a fuck. It's the goddamn. It's the thing I was, you see. I was furious. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I hope those assholes are wrong. And so already it was it was dumb. But then having already had it spoiled for me, it was extra dumb. And then knowing what it could have been is really dumb. And then thinking again about what I wanted it to be. Oh, it's worse. It's so much worse. I think the the best thing you've said about the ending that I agree with the most, abandoning the dad. Yeah. That's the worst thing they could have done. The problem with all they this- They killed his parents again. <laughs> the problem in the story, essentially. The problem with all the post-credit stuff and all like, everything is just about teasing something else at the expense of the movie. Yes. Even if it was that ending that I think makes no sense and would be also bad, 
fixing the dad thing is the biggest problem. Yeah. Give the, him a heartfelt reunion. You're coming home, Dad. Thanks. I'm wondering if the Thanks, runtime. Barry. Thanks for not giving up on me. If yeah, if the runtime edits BVS'd this movie in a way, there's where a four-hour like, version. There's like, well, no, there is. Oh. I think the working cut of this movie was three or four hours. Uh, Sasha had said like, yeah, we shot some gnarly like R-rated fucking Supergirl shit that was rad. I don't okay. know where it went, you know. And that happens with a lot of movies. But did they do it BVS style, where they removed crucial? plot points to show you crowd pleasing whatever they thought was mm. was what you needed to see you know because all the 90 year olds who are like George Reeves yes <laughs> cuz like that I've been waiting but like the theatrical version of that movie didn't work because they left out pivotal plot points that make Lex Luthor's plan kind of nonsense you know when you walk out of the theater like how did you know and so with this if like did they really cut short the dad thing or did they just never even think to write it I feel like it's more the second you know, one because this movie doesn't have any of those issues in my mind. There's no part in this movie where I was like, why did that happen? Why did they do it? Like, yeah. it's a, it's but yeah, we were talking about the emotional context of the scenes with his mom and things like that. Like, I do think some of that shit was trim. Like, there's enough heart, but we want to see the crazy action. You know, mm -hmm. That's the end of the movie. Did you have any Easter eggs? No. Okay, I Michael Keaton is in this movie. Right, yeah. He was a uh, Batman before. Uh, okay, I mentioned the Grayson sign, the movie posters... Uh, the Back to Future gag. There's a new soda called Starry they keep advertising. Did, did that just replace Sprite? I don't know what you're talking about. I've ordered Sprite twice this week, so... Okay. It's um, a lemon-lime soda, and they keep... It looks like a fake ad from oh, a movie. Oh, well, I think Sierra Mist died off a while ago, maybe so maybe it's it replacing that. Okay. Oh, perhaps the best Batman 89 Easter egg when they first get to the Batcave, and <laughs> Young Barry runs over, he's like, here's a bag that laughs. And this fucking Joker's death rattle. That's cute. That was awesome. Oh, the berries in the final fight when they team up, they're like, these guys are fast and strong. How are we supposed to whatever? He sort of co-opts the uh, Justice League save one person. Like the one good Batman scene in that movie was the, I've never done battle. How do you, you know what I mean? Just like save one person. You'll know what to do. And they have that sort of a moment. Where he's teaching young Barry how to be a hero. Yeah, exactly. Pros, what do you have? Michael Keaton, everything relating to Michael Keaton, the fan servicey stuff and the Chrono Bowl, Supergirl, Michael Shannon. So mostly just the people in it. Yeah, yeah. I thought again, Young Barry's humor and Ezra's ability to play such good chemistry between both roles, I thought was great. It felt very seamless to me. The roles were played well. I just really, they brought me the Visually. wrong way. I thought you were talking about the effects of... No, no, I mean, the, the, their performance is good. I just don't like the character. Got it. Either version. The mom scenes. All the mom scenes really hit. Almost none of these movies really do a good job of having, like, human emotional stakes. And if it was just another Save the World third act, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care at all. Keaton's purpose in the story, the way he is brought back, I think is on brand for the character, does him justice, and it's not totally contrived like the George Clooney ending or, you know, something. Because when they first announced him, I was like, oh my God, wait, don't fuck up his legacy though, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. And I think that they... 
it made sense the way that they did it for the story. It's very believable that like it could just be like this is also a universe where Michael Keaton was Batman, but it's not the one we saw in any of those movies or anything. Sure. But the way this is told, it's very believable that this is But he has the laughing bag, man. Well, no, that's just a, that he made that himself. There's no Joker in this year. No, but I mean, the way they told the story, it's very believable that that is the Batman from those movies, and oh, this yeah. is the end of his story. Totally. Yeah, and I like that. Um, Keaton's best fight scenes, as I mentioned, is, is clever use of the gadgetry and um, very efficient minimalist fighting, but like goddamn fun to watch. Yeah, to get a modern version. Even if we only of got him, two scenes of him. That's all right. That was you know, perfect. There were plenty. Two different nice scenes, like one just a hand-to-hand combat scene and then a big battle scene. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Again, that they fixed Barry's weird <laughs> running problem. I really like the way that all the Flash stuff looks in this movie, him darting around, just uh, pulls it off great. But yeah, funny, heart brought back the man who kickstarted this fucking genre. Well done all around in these categories. Cons. The floor is yours. Uh, this, like I've complained about, the CG was disgusting. Not the <laughs> not the ideas behind it, because the ideas, the art design, and the, all that is interesting. But just like half of the berries look fake and weird. It's just fake, but like weird. Like There's the, a, the features are weird on the face of whichever one is not the one you're supposed to be looking at. The shot I was gonna agree with you on was they first meet and Barry won't stop talking. There's a close up on Barry Prime's fist. And then we see the lightning start, and he's like, how hard in his, in his head, how hard mm. do you have to hit somebody to make him forget? And he's swinging, and it cuts to young Barry, and for whatever reason, everything in the frame is abnormally dark, and it looks like his face is like digitally altered, and then there's like a flash of light, and he's like, oh, never mind. He's like, what were you about to do there? But I'm like, why would they make such... It was as egregious to me as the Batman Returns, like... We're going to cut to me with no eye makeup while I tear this uh, off real quick. I was like, it's as clear as day. Like, why would you, why would you do Some of that makes me wonder if it, some of those things were things they didn't film or finish. And because of everything surrounding. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah it's going to tank. We'll Let's just, just put it out. Yeah, we'll just digitally insert them like we did with all these dead people. We're just like, they weren't even there to film this. We just created them in this scene. The funny thing, too, is like he's making the dumbest expression on his face in that shot. Like, because he's mid- sentence you know and so like it's genuinely funny to look at and it's also terrible yeah i don't get it this movie also does a really poor job of making me think they're in a place which is the thing i've complained about in a lot of movies where it's just so set heavy every city scene felt like a lot on a warner brothers studio thing Mm -hmm. if it's either that or it felt like they're on front of a green screen was the suit sometimes not even real were there scenes where the Flash suit was just computer generated? I mean, fucking, there are times when it looked like Cyborg it wasn't. didn't even have a suit. So I mean, I it's entirely possible. I wouldn't question that for a second. And then, so those things aside, the biggest issue is just that because of the nature of being like a time travel multiverse story with really messy rules, I, I lacked investment. I had fun with those things that I complimented. Yeah, but I was not invested in the story. I wasn't worried. I didn't care. The movie didn't make me care. I'm just like, there's yeah. infinite universes. Go find another one where everything's the way you want it. Yeah. Why do I care about any of this shit? It just did not move me. Word. Mine are uh, wasting the talents of Michael Shannon and hiding his face behind that shield. I, I really wish we had had a, a moment where we cracked that 
and then all of his future scenes without it, you know, could have even been the infant did not survive and she goes fucking berserk and like takes him out and then like let him have the moment there. So then each time we repeat the fight scene, we're seeing his real fucking face, you know, and that menacing mm, performance. Affleck's suit. Jesus God. This is... It had a cool like metallic breasts on it. It was nice. Are you kidding? Yes. I've not heard one person <laughs> say that they liked the new suit. Are you kidding? Yes. I was like so thrown that even when you said yes, I was still caught in the mic. Like, I told kidding? you I was kidding and you didn't yeah, yeah. hear no, it. No, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, but uh, yeah, it was terrible. It's like a bad action figure. Even the hot toys of it looks fucking awful. In fact, when they first showed the press photos of Keaton's suit, I was like, hey, he looks goofy. He looks like an action figure. Like his chest stuck out a little too much and he had the stiff neck, you know, like normal. But like it looked like he was tilted back slightly instead of forward a little bit. And uh, I was like, this just looks odd. I don't know about this, man. Are they going to do this right? And then on screen, it looks great. I think I'm learning now because I had the same apprehension about Pattinson when there was like leaked photos of his stunt double on set. And I'm like, that's a goofy looking cowl, man. I don't know. But then you see the amazing lighting and. Yeah, and, wait for it in context. Yeah, and the cinematography, it's so, it's so good. And so in this movie, I didn't mind Keaton's suit one bit. But oh my God, Affleck's is terrible. Like, his first suit was absolute perfection. They made it just a little bit worse in Justice League. They did weird color saturation to it in theatrical Justice League. They gave him the big armored Frank Miller suit, which is fine. That was a cool nod. And then they gave him the tactical armored Justice League suit. And then we see this abomination, and I'm like, you realize he already has the tactical armored suit why would you make it worse? I don't... You need something new, man. They didn't even get his likeness suit. rights for this movie. That's why none of the figures and shit or the t-shirts or anything has Ben Affleck's face on them. They all look goofy. And uh, somebody on the film was like, yeah, we kind of had to rush the suit and just get in production. I'm like, okay, then rush to the closet where you have the perfect <laughs> one that was arguably the best suit ever made. Like, it's up there with 89 and begins. It's fucking perfect. You don't understand how movies work. You can't just do that. That closet has, is locked. There's a key. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's very upsetting to look at. I like that they finally used blue and gray on screen. That's neat. I wish it didn't have to be like this. Tom pointed this out. They removed his voice changer, too. I think Affleck has a good Batman voice without it, but it is weird they like they made him lighthearted. They gave him a goofy suit. They changed his colors, and they got rid of his voice. Like they just don't give a fuck about his legacy at this point. And it's weird. Affleck said with his own mouth, "I'm only in this movie for like five minutes, but I finally feel like this is my favorite version of like I did it right this time." And I could see that in the Bruce Wayne scene. But not the. But my ego is too big to let no. me accept help from anyone. To acknowledge help from anyone. Yeah, that was still very fucking. Joss Whedon, like, I, I don't get that at all. I mentioned um, the easy access to the Batcave. That's bullshit. Showing us the Batmobile and never turning it on. Uh, Sean Murphy must be fucking screaming at the theater screen right now. Returning to Zod's attack on Metropolis. Again, that whole shit could have been cut. Um, it just, it looked bad. And again, it's a worse version of returning to that scene that we've already done. And then studio meddling 
changing the fucking end. I I just really am sick of it. I hate these fucking guys for this shit, you know? I, I oh, we, we already talked about this on the Black Adam episode of all the random ways they've spoiled their own movies. And with this, it's just like, you guys are incapable of learning. Even the new the new leadership, we're going to write the things, we're going to turn around and stop this shit show. Oh, but first, let me repeat the exact kind of shit that everyone hates us for. Yeah, that'll engender some trust in the public. In general audiences, yeah. That'll renew the faith for our new wave of way too many movies. Like, cool. Love those Guardians films. But Jesus Christ. James Gunn, Peter Saffron. Buy a mirror. Look into it. You have some things to think about. Rating. Two and a half. Almost feels too strong, but two and a half. That's an expected Ben Polanski rating, I would say. I saw Guardians 3 the night before, and I was like, that was a bad choice, because that movie is so much better than this movie. I was tearing up all the time. <sighs> and you're a monster, so that's hard to do. Yeah, no, uh, no forced mom shit is going to work on me, you psycho-megalomaniac <laughs> actor. Yeah, the parent shit always works for me. It did in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, and 3. It worked really well. <laughs> I need to see that one again. I watched all of them in the past two weeks leading up to it. Guardians 1, 2, Infinity War, Endgame, and the Christmas special. So I'd have the full context in my mind. I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah except the Christmas special. I watched, I think, 10 Marvel movies the week of the Guardians 3 release. That um, would I really, wear me down. I don't think I could handle that. I really, I really went to town. A few before and then a few after. It was a good time. My rating, I think I'm comfortable saying a four. Because when I first saw it it was an easy five it was so much fun everybody in the room was like fuck yeah you know just walking out celebratory and then the second time like i said it was like boy this has some problems that's Somebody easily cancel lo- this movie like you know that's I mean? easily losing a whole a whole star worth of issues right there and then i saw it again and i was like just enjoyment factor it's still a four and a half it's really fun i like a lot of the stuff in it beginning is a little drag you know, very, very, very end kind of sucks. But like, there's two hours of really fun movie in there. And then after talking about it again, it's just like, <laughs> this has the, too like, many problems to deduct half a star. I can't the, do it. The ending you want, I'm just thinking about it. Where it's like, Michael Keaton comes out. And he's like, hey, kid. And then he's like, what? And then Supergirl flies over. And she's like, hello, Earthling. <laughs> How are you guys here? Well, mom, where are you? <laughs> mom? Oh, I'm sorry, kid. She's still dead. Oh, God. It has to happen. It's a spaghetti moment. You understand how this... I explained this earlier. It's Some things have to happen. It's a real happen. knee slapper joke for yeah. the ending. Yeah, it's great. Or you could just have uh, George Clooney get out of the car. Who the fuck is this? And then the phone is still talking. You're like, or, Wait, what? Hello? What about, and it's uh, one of the other ones. <laughs> what about it's George Clooney? He goes, hey, kid. And he's like, you? You're Batman? And he goes, Batman? Who's that? Yeah, dude. That would have been way better. He just undid Batman. And that would explain why the universe is done. We're not getting another Batman from this. Like, honestly, that's way better. You have come up with two way better endings than the one we got, even without changing the person that they chose. And for the record, I've hated on his movie. He's a fine actor. I love him. There's nothing he could have done to save that movie. And we talked about his good emotional scenes with Alfred and stuff. Like, he did the best he could in that context. And so if anyone deserved 
a redeeming moment. Truly. It's George Clooney's Batman. You could, like, you could give it to Val Kilmer too, but he's not in a state where he could do that. But Yeah, and I mean, his, his, his movie is genuinely is better, adored by a lot of people. Though. And it's a much better movie than Batman and Robin. But this is cool for me in that way. Sure. Just, I, I can Christian have... Bale doesn't need like... I can have... Okay, his Batman is good. I can have the compersion to say, good for you. I'm glad that you had that. But then just as a, a viewer and a fan, I mean like, that's the best you got? The universally agreed worst one. That's about, the one. How about this joke? You're Bruce Wayne? Gosh, I need to go listen to some Beatles music to deal with this. And then he goes, the Beatles? Who are they? That's already a movie. Yes. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I like it. It's better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Andy and Barbara, Christina Hodson, and everybody involved in uh, bringing back our childhood hero. That was really a, a delight to see. And I think part of the excitement with these early screenings was like, because of all the studio meddling, Affleck's Batman movie never got made, Snyder got fired, Batgirl with Keaton in it got canceled. So he himself was not enough of a draw to save that movie. I thought for sure having this accused piece of shit <laughs> lead the film. Correct pronouns. <laughs> oh, this one's it's not a pronoun, Ben. Come on. Your joke piece, doesn't work. Piece of shit? When have my jokes worked? Come on. That's not my guiding principle. <laughs> There's no guarantee that this movie was going to get made. And so there was sort of a feeling of elation like wow they really did it you know what's that movie you son of a bitch you just did it you know like <laughs> it was really something to see like i said i've seen it three times i will see it more times i'll watch a sweet five minute music video of the cool parts that i want to see yeah uh, yeah they didn't Andy, throw a bone to anyone who was in the flash tv show yeah yeah i know people are bummed about that people i mean there's a lot of cameos you could have done i don't care about that show at all i've never seen it but the people who are most interested in your franchise, most yeah. invested in it, and you're like, no. Or like Brandon Routh, like he's back as Superman on that fucking one of those shows. Like he's on two CW shows as Superman and somebody else. Yeah, like come on, that would have been an easy one. I'm sure that some people would have preferred that to Nick Cage. You know, <laughs> I, I I'd say have them both. You know, <laughs> like George Reeves again. Nick like Cage no one fighting that spider. Oh, I almost forgot this is about a dead mom. Okay. Yeah. But like the George Reeves one is very much just a novelty. Like no one alive now watched that, you know, like, come on. I'm sure there's some super fans, but like for the most part, general audiences, that's as obscure as the Nick Cage movie that well, didn't get neat. made. They made up a black and white Superman for this movie. That's cool. Yeah. You know, like I only know that from Ben Affleck playing that guy in the Black Dahlia murder or whatever that movie was. Was oh. that the one? Yeah. Uh, fucking De Palma movie. So there's definitely some questionable choices in an otherwise just entertaining movie. Hey, everybody, be nice to your mom. That's the message of The Flash. But also... It's a message on Father's Day that we would like to impart. <laughs> be nice to your mom. Ignore your dad. Ignore your dad when he needs it the most. That's what I thought about with him. I was like, man, that dad is so unimportant that they just changed the guy and nobody cares. Yeah, and they just forgot about him in his big trial at the end. Like, fuck, man. This is Robin. Thanks for checking out the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. 
All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you for your patience while we have this break in the middle of season three. We do have episodes up the sleeve. I had to replace my computer system that I record everything on and now we're back up and running. This episode, for example, was three hours and 50 minutes long. I made about 3,000 cuts to it. It took me four days to do it. And this is just to ensure the best pacing, the best listening experience, that if we're going to go this deep and make an episode this fucking long, that it's not going to drag for you. So this is the level of quality that we're going to keep delivering. Just give us a little bit of time and we'll be back, as promised, with Batman the Imposter. <laughs>